Good evening and welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast. So we're in week 25, which is, it, that's half a year almost, Mitch. But uh, Yeah, I can't believe we've done this many weeks of podcasting. That's wild. That's it. Uh, so look, I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and tonight I've got one person joining me and that is Mitch Brown, our expert physio and uh, everything else tonight because you're it, mate. I know it's there's a bit of pressure. Um, our stats guru and nugget is unaccounted for this week, I suppose, because he's doing. <laughs> he figured that one up all day, uh, so he's on accounting duties. So hopefully, getting us some nice fat tax returns. So, uh, looks like it's up to you and me, mate. So we'll we'll, we'll flag the we'll uh, fly the flag. That's it. So uh, this week we'll have to be sponsored by Martin Lord and Co. Chartered Accountants, by the sounds of it. So. Uh, go to Martin Lord and Co for all your tax needs. Uh, throw that one out there. Uh, all right, guys. As always, we're up on socials, uh, Instagram, Facebook. It's been a little bit quiet over the last little while as we have all been absolutely under the pump, but we will get stuff going, especially as the fantasy season one's down. I think we'll just have a little bit more fun with it, uh, especially as uh, people like myself start to run out of trades. Uh, How many trades are you down to, Stu? Uh, ten, eight. Okay, you would. Uh, if you let, I've got, I've got ten left. I'm, I'm holding a few back for my, my big moves with my 600k war chest. So I, I need to keep some trades. Nice. And look, thank you to everyone who's uh, joined up. Now this week being rep round, it's a bit of a different one. So we're going to push uh, a lot of the discussions uh, to next week. So we're going to push. Uh, our leagues, uh, the physio segments, she stats, and where we went wrong uh, to next week because this week is just rep round and the origin, and we'll have a whole podcast between now and then. So what we thought we would do tonight is we are going to have have a quick chat through the rep round games, uh, you know, s- see who we think is going to win these. Uh, as well as have a proper chat about State of Origin, because that's going to be a bit of a cracker, I reckon, this week. And then we're going to get into a bit of, a bit of something different. Mitch, we're going to talk about our mid-year scorecard. Yep. So we're going to go through all 16 teams and have our boom and bust from each team, give the teams an overall score, and... We've also, just for something spicy, thrown in our surprise packet. Like the guys we did not pick doing as well as they did at the beginning of the year. And the, then we're going to do a bit of a mid-season uh, like review of who we think our end-of-year keepers are. So for each position. And we'll get some socials up on this as well. So you don't need to, you know, you can reference that back as time goes on. Who, who we think that the ultimate players for each position are for your final team and last of all we're going to have our mid-season dally m awards for who we think the player of the year is so far for each position so and then we'll get to our questions from the people so how about uh kick us off mitch like i know there's no uh regular nrl on this week but what's the first game that you know us league mad fans can watch this weekend uh, so the first game we've got is the uh, New South Wales under-19s women's state of origin. So New South Wales and Queensland out at Leichhardt Oval at 4.55. Oh, 5.45, um, eh? 5.45, sorry. Yep. Excellent. And, well, that's that's not too too bad a one out there. Uh, Thursday, 
traffic will probably be a bit dodgy, but otherwise it shouldn't be too bad out that way. And what's straight after that one, mate? Mate, then we've got uh, what I believe would be the boys under 19s as well, and that's at 7.45, same venue. And uh, following that, uh, or actually following that night, um, we've got the New South Wales and uh, Queensland female teams going at it for the origin down at Geo Stadium in Canberra at 7.45. So uh, that'll, be a, that'll be a frosty night. I don't, I'm not quite sure why they picked Canberra. That's that's a bit mean. The state of origin, they picked Canberra. Oh, mate. I just I didn't know that till I read it. That it It's mean putting them in Canberra, but I can't, I can't see them getting a, a monster crowd out there. It's uh, a rough call because it's, it's a standalone game in Canberra Friday night in a st- for a state of origin, which is in bloody... Okay. I, I, I think your best supporter bases are in New South Wales, Queensland. They should do what they used to do in the day for the men's, and I still think the men should do this. Two games in Suncorp, one in uh, one at ANZ or whatever, ACOR now I believe it is, and then flip it the next year. They'll get a better crowd out there, I think, Canberra. I, I could be made to eat or, crow, but I think that's a bit of a mistake. Or even pick one of the really nice regional ones. Like if they played one up at Newcastle... Right. So, so if you, oh, you always get a crowd there, you take one to Newcastle, you set up some extra seating or something like that. And that way you at least bring it back to the regions. I know it's a cash cow uh, to have it at the super stadiums, but geez, look, take it out to Townsville was amazing last year. Yep. And, and I think you grow the great, the game long-term by doing that. So, mm. you know, small loss for a long-term game, right? That's it. Now, look, then we get into uh, the Saturdays where we have uh, the f- women's internationals, the Kiwi Ferns, versus uh, Marima Tonga at Mount Smart. So Rugby League returns to New Zealand. Uh, Rep Rugby League at that. And then immediately following, uh, 3.20pm New Zealand time. I think it's 3.20pm New Zealand time. Could be wrong there. Uh, we have New Zealand... Versus uh, Marima Tonga. So there will be blood there, mate. That's going to be carnage, I'd say. Now, look, this is the first one which, you know, we've probably got enough knowledge to at least have a little bit of a shot at calling, mate. What do you think happens in this game? Um, I would wager New Zealand will find a way to get it done. But Tonga's going to give them everything they can handle. Uh, you know, Katoni Staggs, I think, is now eligible to play for Tonga. Is that how that's going to shake out? Or has he declared his uh, allegiance to New South Wales no, and then he's sort of I, stuck? I believe he's he's joined Tonga. Uh, yeah. Playing 5-8 along uh, Talatalamone. I, I think this Tonga team's going to play tough. They're big up front. Uh, they're mobile. New Zealand haven't been the same sort of squad, save the Stacey Jones era, where they could you know, pip off the... Uh, the Kangaroos team. I th- I wouldn't be shocked if Tonga kept it close for a good 60, 65 minutes, but I think New Zealand will find a way to get it done. Fair enough. Well, look, the forward pack for Tonga at the moment is Adam Fanua-Blake, Jason Tamalola, Molly Olakuatu, Ken Kolmatangi. As I said, mate, it's scary. Yeah, that's it. And I, I, which which player are you tackling there, mate? <laughs> <laughs> the ball boy. Oh, uh, man. And then, look, the back line's not too bad either. Will Panasini, uh, Tolatau Kula, Moses Suli, uh, Christian Tuipolotu. Oh, man. Uh, like, there's a, there's a few good fellas out I there. I just... You talk about all those players, though. They all are going to fade at that 65-minute mark. Yeah. That's where I think New Zealand will find a way. Like, yes. even Moses Suli, I watch him every week. 
the longer the game goes, the less the less we see Moses break the line. That's it. And look, to be fair, New Zealand's got Dylan Brown and Jerome Hughes in halves, so that's a bit of a step up. Yeah. Uh, I'm having a look at the rest of this team. Uh, Scott Sorensen, uh, Ronaldo Militalo, Moses Leota, uh, Aaron Clark, possibly at hooker. You got Dressy and Kenny Bromwich. Yeah. Uh, James Fisher Harris and Joey Tarpany. Oh, yeah. You see, it's a classier team. I, I think yeah. Tonga will go out Isaiah hard, though. Papali, I think. That, yeah. Oof. Joey Manu, Dallin Wateni Zalesniak. Yeah, I, I think they've probably got the. Got the. I, yeah, like, I just think they'll be classy. Too classy. Yeah. But, but look, uh, the first 30 minutes should be absolutely a riot. So. What, what sort of score are you thinking, mate? Uh, look, I think it will blow out late, so I reckon it will probably be uh, 30 to 16, something like that. Yeah, they're my thoughts. I was sort of thinking 22-12 and with New Zealand probably running in maybe two or three tries. I wouldn't be shocked if Tonga led into halftime. There you go. All yeah, right. There's well, a spicy call. Yeah, well, look, it's certainly worth watching. So this Saturday, uh, 3.20 p.m. Uh, okay, 5.40 p.m. So I think it's probably 1.20 p.m. out at New Zealand time because the next game, 5.40 p.m., is out at Campbelltown uh, Sports Stadium, Samoa yep. versus Cook Islands. So this one, this one's a little bit rougher. I think Samoa's missing a few eligible players uh, due to be playing in Origin. So, and the Cook Islands. So it's it's a bit of um, sort of a few NRL players, uh, a lot of Queensland or New South Wales Cup players in these teams as well. Uh, so having a look at the Samoa teams. Uh, sorry, I'm just pulling them up now. Uh, versus Cook. Oh, it's 2022. Uh, oh, okay. So, uh, Charlie Staines at fullback. Taylor May on the wing. Isaac Targa in centres. Spencer Lenu on the bench. This is for Samoa. The man just can't crack the first 13, can he? <laughs> <laughs> he can't. They can't play Spencer Lenu. Uh, Josh Schuster and Marty Tapao. Francis Molo, Jaden Sewer. Yep. Anthony Milford and Chanel Harris-Tavita. Uh, Jackson Not Paul, a bad team. Keenan Palisade. No, Samoa's looking pretty good. And uh, Farmanu Brown. Uh, Cook Islands uh, has Isan Steve Masters, Ruben and Vincent Rennie, Kale and Andre Iro. So those are three sets of brothers. Uh, Isan Masters and uh, Pride Pedersen Rabati. So it looks like not quite as many names there. No. Brendan Picura and Xavier Willison from the Broncos. Davy Moali from the Rabbitohs. And uh, Makahisi Makatoa, for, who's one of the bench players for the Eels. So look, having a look at this side, I reckon they'll probably be, what, uh, probably 36-10, I reckon, for this Yeah, time. I'm surprised they put this one at 5.40 and not put New Zealand and Tonga uh, a bit later. Oh, true. I think it's because they're playing New Zealand time, mate. Oh, so okay. Yeah, I'm with you. you. You try and get them late. But look, the, the last game for the weekend, we have, oh, sorry, for, for the night, is Papua New Guinea versus Fiji. So, uh, uh, Fiji. So, this game looks like a pretty decent one. Uh, oh, okay. Fullback, Alex Johnson. This is for PNG. 
having a look here. Lockie Lamb at halfback. Uh... There's there's a few other players sort of hanging around in the team, but uh, oh, Justin Allen at centre as well. So versus uh, Fiji, like uh, I'm having a look here, uh, Michaeli Ravalawa, uh, Simi Valame, Wonga Blake, Marcus Sivo, Kevin Nagama, uh, Viliame Kikau's playing as well. I think yeah. he'll have a bit of a big day. I, <laughs> yeah, I suspect he'll be, he'll yeah. be up for that. Yeah, look, look at it, this one. There's just there's a bit more, just a little bit more uh, NRL experience uh, in the Fiji side. But I think both these sides will play very tough. I've, I know the PNG boys. They, I don't know. Have you ever seen those games that those guys play over there? No, no chill, man. Like you just see these guys. That it's like they're all playing the run at straight challenge. They just there's no late footwork. A lot of the time, like I've, I've just watched these on Facebook. At least some of the ones I've seen, these boys just run straight, and you just. Someone bounces off unhappily. Well, you see a bit of that in the NRL now with the way some of these guys uh, run and play, right? That's it. So, no chill. Nope. Nope. Not at all. And I think it's good that you're giving some attention to these teams. I think it'll be a, a good weekend. And I, I think that game will be pretty close. I, I'd give Fiji the edge on that. I would say they're probably um, likely to get up by somewhere between 10 to 14. But as you sort of said, Papua New Guinea is not going to take it lightly like that that that's a good venue to put that at Campbelltown Sports I, I would suggest they'll get a pretty good crowd out there for that oh for sure and I think kids under 16 get in free so Perfect. if you're under 16 you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast but you get in free alright okay and then on Sunday there's one game uh, it's all the way over in Perth I don't uh, love that yeah, me either, really. Like, I think Perth should be back of the bus as far as it goes for anything. Uh, so, but anyway, they're there. Uh, I'd have it in Townsville, personally. I, I, I'd rather it there or Newcastle, even yep. Warner, uh, And that's, yeah, look, that's something that you said. I mean, NRL's heartlands in the regions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, why not do, you know, one in Suncorp, one in uh, Acor, and then one you do at Newcastle, one you do at Townsville? That's it. it out there. Yep, rotated around so that the guys. You're not growing the game in Perth, mate. It's not going to happen. No. It's AFL and cricket there, and it has been for, you know, 100 plus years. That's it. They can't sustain a rugby team, they can't sustain a sports team. It costs too much to travel. Yep. So, anyway, moving on. Uh, look, here's the team list. We've got them in front of us. Yep. Uh, a big one for this one is, of course, there are, what, nine Panthers from last year's grand final in this team, in both teams. Wow. So we have seven uh, seven current Panthers in the side, plus you have Maddie Burton, and you have Kirk Catewell in the Queensland team. And considering that Kirk Catewell wasn't... He wasn't even really playing first grade a couple of years ago before he went to the Panthers. So, anyway, they, they did well. Shows you how good that system is. Mm. Melbourne-esque at the moment, isn't it, really? That's it. Uh, and I guess also guys come out the other side pretty um, fit and well-trained and not busted. No, they tend to fix them again, a bit like that Melbourne system. They come down there. Uh, they clearly have a good medical staff. I don't have anything to do with them, so I can't speak truly to it, but just looking at the results, they must. And they teach their players how to play good footy. That's it. So, I've been watching their... Um, some of the guys looking at even how they um, accept dominant tackles, like to get out quickly. 
so like and, and get up quickly afterwards and yeah it's pretty impressive so anyway looking at this one the other big news is obviously seven changes for new south wales mitch yeah but i think they're all fairly warranted obviously we've had uh burton come in for the uh covid protocol jack white which i think stings a bit but probably isn't the end of the world i i, I feel like white probably should have been on the bench no matter how well he played i think burton really needed to get a go at uh center uh stephen crichton and I, i'm not sure if he'd consider that a replacement but he's coming out of 14 which i think we both felt was a fairly ridiculous decision oh, Stu, having was, having a center there instead of um you know again whiten on the bench and i i think certainly uh crichton over katoni stags um stags has done what he has done for many seasons which he just went missing in a big game and sort of demonstrated i thought that he didn't really have that origin mentality. He didn't really look for ball, sort of like what we would have hoped um, that, you know, he followed in the shoes of uh, Tom Trevojevic or Latrell Mitchell, where he effectively had three mobile fullbacks roaming about the back of the field and just giving nightmares to that Queensland team last year. He just wasn't able to do that, but I I feel like Crichton and Burton would be capable of it. Mm. Um, The other changes we see is Api Korosau comes into the number nine. So it looks like Brad... Yeah, you did. You did. I don't hate it. I I think what Fitler is doing is, number one, copying off uh, the Queenslanders, but more accurately, sort of copying some of the other teams. You know, St. George has been doing a little bit of this. Uh, There are a number of other teams where basically they've been... been uh, With Mitch Kenny. And the Raiders have been doing it with Starling and uh, Wolford before Starling was sort of banished to the Shadow Realm for being a flog, um, is that Coruscant will sort of go out there, take the early brunt of that Queensland pack and uh, hopefully that'll allow Damien Cook to come on and and get that running game going because as you said, without that running game, Cookie really doesn't bring all that much to the table. So good call by you. Hopefully Appy is up for it because I I don't know if he's an origin player. I I suppose we're about to find out. Um, I I think, and and this is what I said at at the time, I think he can read read the numbers and apparently he was up with Brad Fittler in the box for uh for game one yep and talking about things and apparently Brad Fittler said like he he was saying he could see what was going on like accurately able to describe it and what they should be doing so he was obviously able to read how the game was going you can do that though mate so oh, are oh, you no, next no, up I, for the hooker roll oh, we, we <laughs> it doesn't take do it, a but, genius but, to read a footy game it, it doesn't but I, I think it, it was what Brad Fittler, Brad Fittler needed and I think Cookie failed a few times as simple things like who's on what side counting the numbers which side is short it's a simple well I, I think he's, he's well he's, he's really a ball running hooker isn't he I think you know, as silly as it sounds, that's just not his strength, is it? If he can't run the ball and expose lazy defenders in the middle, which Queensland picked a fast team that just really didn't eventuate, he's probably going to struggle. So it gives Freddie the flexibility that if Cookie comes on and looks not so great, he can just drag him and put Appy uh, on within 15 to 20 minutes. So I I think they had to try something there. Uh, we see Jakey Drojevic come back into the squad. Uh, I think he's an origin player. He needs to be there. Uh, Liam Martin continues to hold his uh, spot, but I believe now he's back off the bench and into the starting side to replace Tarek Sims. Also, I think that was a good call. Sims has looked off the pace all year at St. George. Yeah. And uh, he, he looked oh. the same way at origin. So it looks like uh, I owe Anthony Griffin a, a, 
Oh, sorry. Um, but I owe Anthony Griffin an apology because he was right. Mm. He's been right not to play Sims. He did not look good. Uh, I know that uh, Junior Polo got held up in that tackle where Cherry Evans went over, but Sims overran that. Mm. And that's why I was happy for it to be a try because at the end of the day, that was Sims's man and he just didn't look good. No, he didn't. And uh, uh, Yeah, you go on, mate. Oh, no, I was going to say uh, the other big news, a couple of Parramatta players cut, mate. I didn't think they were up to the task, though, and I felt that way about Parramatta all year. Uh, maybe with the exception of exception of Junior Polo, who I, I believe deserves the the bench spot. Parramatta's been up and down all year. You, and in origin, you, you pick him. Oh, if he was available. As, yeah, yeah. I Pappy and Junior Polo, but the others, Parramatta's too up and down. They, you know, you want players who are definitely going to be up for the game. Like you go through this list one to seventeen. Is there anyone you're concerned won't be up for this game? No, and, and maybe maybe Talakai, right? I, but, but every every Phil other player, Phil Gould said shows up. Interesting the other night, right? Which is game one. New South Wales didn't really have any tackle busters, so they had a couple of offloaders, but not a huge amount of like individual tackle busters or line breakers. Yep. Whereas they're saying uh, Angus Crichton a couple of times in the week. Yeah, I was going to gonna say that Angus Crichton's going to do that uh, for them. He runs at speed. He picks a hole. He picks someone small. And he big also- mistake not picking him game one. I, I really can't understand how Crichton got scrubbed mm. over Tarek Sims. It's yeah. a bit of a ridiculous. And Talakai, for all his issues, right, bounces people off him. And from what they were saying, and I was I was listening to him on a hundred percent footy. Uh, for the co- the coach talking about him, is is that because he can play middle if they need a middle, sort of uh, or like an edge, and or center, and he's there's an issue in the back line, yes, or even in the halves he can go because it means that he can go center. Matt Burton can go into the halves. He can go into center. Yeah. Someone, uh, Steve Crichton can go into fullback. Yep. So like you've got they're well covered, and well covered while still having Damien Cook come off the bench. Yep. So. I feel like this is quite strong. And if you have a look at the Queensland team, I feel like they're shorter centre. Like it'll end up being Kurt Catewell in exactly the same sort of position there. He'll have to go back to centre. Yeah. But he's starting. So he might be a bit tired by then. I think this New South Wales team will give Queensland all they can handle. Mm. And a couple of changes for Queensland because the injuries. Xavier Coates, obviously with that ankle. Uh, that's yep. the one thing that Katoni Staggs did do is injure Xavier Coates. Uh, yeah, and that I think that really hurts them. I would suspect that uh, New South Wales will be testing him all night, at least to begin with, because Xavier seemed up to the, Yeah, I think, you know, Origin rookie, they'll, they'll, they'll be, he's been good all year, but I'd want to find out where he's truly at. I'd be yeah. sending... Now, he'll be playing up against uh, To'o and uh, Burton, or are they playing To'o and Crichton together? Uh, I think they're playing To'o and Burton together. But oh, man. Look, look, oh, no, hold I'd on. Be- First game... First game is White and Toto, so it'll be probably Crichton Toto. Yeah, that's probably how I would do it. So they might be sending Burton and Tupo down oh, there all night. No, nah, nah, is... Burton's the left centre. They must be moving Steve Crichton definitely on the right then. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. I would have thought Burton would play on the left and Tuilagi will be the right wing. Uh, Tupu? Uh, no, Tuilagi uh, for uh, Queensland. Oh, uh, yes. Tuilagi will be on the right and Burton will be on the left with... Tuilagi, yeah, with... okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, also, having a look here, uh, so Xavier Coates, Ruben Cotter is a big out for Queensland because he played very well. 
So he's got that grade three hamstring strain. He really exceeded uh, expectations there. And I will go through uh, Ruben next week for the injury report, but yeah. to grade three hamstring, if that's what it actually is, mm-hmm. that's really not good news, mate. That could that could do him for yeah. the rest of the regular season. Yeah. So, well, well, that's um, non-surgical though. Doesn't matter. Fair enough. That's that's big. That's big. That's we don't we don't. Anytime we're talking uh, strains and uh, tears to ligaments and muscles, three is a bad number. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Uh, other big news because that Tino uh, Fasumumali is, let me say that three times, is uh, moves to 13 from prop. Lindsay Collins comes into the starting team. Jai Arrow gets his redemption as long as he doesn't bring any more women into Origin Camp. So, although I guess they're allowed this year. Uh, Jeremiah Nenai goes to the bench. So, yeah, look looks pretty good here. So, Mitch, what's your call on this one? I, I think New South Wales will get over them early. I think they'll probably lay on two or three quick tries. I think the Penrith connection sort of reminds me very much of uh, that Queensland era of dominance. I think the forward pack will be much better for New South Wales and Cleary will have a much, much better game. They'll, they won't be ambushed like they were in New South Wales. I hope the referee calls passes backwards when they're backwards because if you watch the film, New South Wales actually won that game, um, you know, 22 to 16, uh, denied those two tries. And uh, as a result, I've sort of got New South Wales to win by 14. I think it'll be sort of 24-10. I think this will be pretty handy. And then... Um, the referees will be told to let Queensland win in Suncorp because it's better for the game. <laughs> oh, look, I I think this one... I'm a, I'm a little bit nervous. I think Queensland... Look, it's $1.85, $1.95 here, so it's really a bit of a thing. I think it'll really depend on if Cameron Munster can repeat his game one antics running through the middle like, and just busting tackles. I don't think they will. I think there'll be a mandate to take him out uh, when he starts to do that, but... He's the sort of guy who can make things happen anyway. So, look, for this one, I, I've got... Uh, I reckon Queensland will probably win by four here. So, it'll be... Uh, it'll look, be I, it tight. could happen. I just think there's a lot of rage on this New South Wales team. You've got some real tough, cranky players that are going to show up. Uh, start going through them. Talakai, Paulo, Crichton, Martin, Murray, Coruscant. Haas, Burton, To'o. Um, they're, they're boys who will be really up for it. And I don't think Queensland has that same level of grit on their team. You know, names like Ponga, um, Tuilagi's untested. Uh, certainly Munster and Cherry Evans will be up for it. Um, but they don't have that sort of aggro that the New South Wales team potentially has. And I think as a result, they might bully them. Um around the middle and hopefully we get some better calls with the the ruck and the play of the ball because some of that refereeing was was pretty ludicrous so i actually think a lot of it and i said this last time comes down to the refereeing it, it will, depends how they referee the game it does depend on how they referee the game and also i think paddy carrier will have another blinder because he's just that type of guy he's an origin player oh uh, he's he's the sort of guy that he'd be second or third pick after munster and cherry evans wouldn't he really that's it oh, oh. I reckon he's playing himself into a frigging Australian side at the moment. I'll be honest with you. Like, if you were picking a bench and you got Paddy Carrigan coming off there, like... Oh, he's a must-have. Yeah, I'll pick him. Uh, You'd have uh, and, and Carrigan, Crichton. No, he's, he's, there's a reason he's captain of the Brisbane team, mate. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I'd, 
I, I definitely pick him. So, yeah, while well, Carrigan and Crichton off the bench would be a pretty good... That's what I was thinking. As I said, I think it was a, a heinous crime to not have uh, Carrigan... Oh, sorry, Crichton, rather, in that last game. He, he's, he's one of New South Wales' most origin players. Uh, and I think, you know, not being picked will do him a world of good. He'll, he'll be out there to, to put a bit of hurt on him. For sure. And look, Cam Murray, look, I know he's a little bit wasted on edge, but I reckon he'll do he'll do a little bit of a roving middle role. He's he's a great quick ball the play uh quick play the ball player. Yep, I think that'll work. And and if Yo goes down with another concussion, you move him to lock, you bring Crichton on, no problems. That's it. I like the side. Alright. Well look, we've called the rep round. So now let's get to our mid year scorecard. So what we'll do, mate, is I guess uh, our good friend Nick, he was going to uh, help us out with this one, but we might just split them up as we go. Yep. So, so what we're going to do for the listeners at home is we're just going to have a look at each, like a quick chat about sort of uh, each team, how we think that they've been going versus what we thought pre-season and, you know, basically how they ended up last year, you know, overall. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the boom player, you know, from the team, how well they've been going, the surprise packet, like the guys we just we didn't expect at all, and the bus players. So guys who we thought would do well, or at least better than they did last year, and they just haven't performed. So I'll kick us off as the resident Panthers fan uh, with the Panthers, because uh, we'll just go down the ladder. So look, I've got them with a score of A, uh, it's not an A plus because well they won last year and they're still doing pretty well this year. Any disagreement with that one, Mitch? No, not at all. Uh, I would have been happy for you to give them an A plus. Yeah. Oh look, I was pretty close. If they hadn't have won last year and they were doing this well, I probably would. But they've they just kind of continued. So and yeah, I kind of think that uh, the only reason you probably haven't given them an A plus is because they haven't blown anyone out of the water. But they haven't had to. I I really think that they've learnt from twenty twenty. And then 2021, as far as how to build a season. And my feeling is uh, they might come a little bit slow after Origin 3. Uh, and then with three or four games to go, I reckon they'll really hit the gas, uh, assuming they're, they're not busted with injuries. Yeah. So, And, um, and they're, not, yeah. they're not playing with the absolute rage that like Melbourne is to put 70 on. But I think they kind of realised, we'll just close out the game, don't get injured. Yep. Bit like that game against Newcastle and the Warriors, they could have won those games by sixty, uh, but they did enough to get it done handily without blowing their team up, yeah. which is really smart. I think that's just great coaching yeah. by Cleary. He's been really good for him. Yeah, and not not pushing the ball too much. So, no. which, which you know, yes, you can get points, but teams also get lazy when they do it. Uh, it becomes a habit. So look, my boom player, like I cheated with this one because there's basically three players which are almost all the same. And that is Stephen Crichton, Isaac Targo, and Taylor May. So look, Stephen Crichton is the sixth best scoring wing fullback for the year. May is the seventh best scoring, having played two less games. And Targo has outscored both and is the fourth best centre for the year overall. Wow. And he's only behind Aiken, Manu, and Burton. And he's the only Penrith player to play all 80 minutes for every game this year. So if you picked all three of these guys as the season started, you've made well actually a fair bit more. So you've made somewhere between six and seven hundred thousand, depending on when you got on, and you scored eighteen hundred points this year. Oh, those three players alone. Oh, I only got two of them. That hurts. Yeah. Well, and if you have a look, right, a lot of the leading sides are on sort of uh, you know a bit over twelve thousand, right? 
You could have 1,800 yep. of those in three players. I mean, that's pretty wild. For, given that, that you uh, could pick that for 300, like a total of what 300, 330, 350, right? So maybe like, maybe one million of your 9.8 million salary. Yeah, yep. and you would have scored so a for, six of the points. Yeah, so for a tenth of your salary cap, you've got a six of the points. Wow, you really needed to get those ones, didn't you? Gosh, that's it. So absolute filth from these guys. And look, the surprise packet I had is Isaiah Yo. Yep. So he was a he was a guy that sort of had a really standout twenty twenty. Like he he took it to the next level as far as fantasy went. He went from like a five hundred fifty thousand to a seven hundred eighty thousand uh, dollar player. A lot of time, a lot of points. But last year, um, I think due to injuries, due to the fact that everyone played Origin, and just I think due to the rest of the team sort of being a bit down, he had a. It wasn't a bad year. It just was not quite as good. He went f- from being sort of a absolute like breakout year f- as keeper status to he just drop below that. But this year, he's come right back, even though he's playing the exact same wrong. So he got a seventy six last week. And his worst game this year has been a 44. Jeez. So he's the third best overall mid this year, uh, despite missing two games due to Origin and HIA. So he's also the top scoring Panther this year, 781 points. I think a lot of the players gone through him this year. And our major flag on him was the injury risk, or, or more precisely the concussion risk. I think... Certainly, I'm sure you brought it up, Stu, during the preseason that you felt like he was a viable option. I, I really poo-pooed it with a concussion risk, but because, as you said, he's had that injury-free uh, run, as long as he's on the field, he, he's one of the best, if not the best lock in the game. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I love the like guys at home. I know you've probably seen this all the time, but just watch the way that he runs into the line. It's, he doesn't bend it back with massive force or anything like that, but he still gets his head through the line because it's just that curve. He gets this left-hand bend to his runs. He sort of runs a bit out to the right, curves it back left between two players, gets his head through the line, uh, over the advantage line, or if it's not on, passes the ball. Gets it out a bit wider because if there's three players in front of him, there's someone not out to his left or his right. So, uh, yeah, plays very well, but his running is great. Uh, and occasionally we'll get a try against soft teams like the Warriors because they'll just they'll be expecting the pass and he runs. <laughs> and look, my well, boss, oh, he's got it all, doesn't he? He can pass the ball uh, as a good playmaker. He can bend the line back, and he has a bit of footwork, mate. He sure like does. He has, he has a nice step on him. So Swiss Army knife for the Penrith Panthers, really. Yeah, he doesn't get slapped easily, and. Look, bus for me, uh, hard to pick, but look, Spencer Lenny for me, like he's been teasing for a couple of seasons now that he could be getting a better spot. He could be going forward, but he's not got it. He's gone backwards in money this year. Uh, even when both forwards, when Leota and James Fisher-Harris were injured, he didn't really get that starting spot. His best score of the year was a decent 50-ish versus the Dragons, where he got a try and played big minutes uh, due to a couple of uh, HIAs. But apart from that, come backwards all year. So Spencer Lanier, guys, is on my do not pick roster because we just he's a bench player only. I think Penrith has just tagged him. 
and I can't see him shaking that role because as you suggested, you know, after that Dragons game, we felt like with Fisher-Harris's shoulder injury, uh, and I believe there was someone else who was busted that uh, he Le- would have to get... Leota had the shoulder injury for... that, but Fish, uh, And Fisher-Harris picked up an injury that game as well. Yeah. And he still didn't get the starting role. Um, yeah, so the Matt Eisenhuth came in and took Eisenhuth. it. Yeah. yeah. So if they're not going to give him that opportunity in that situation, he's an impact player. And I, I suspect it's because he doesn't have the engine. That would be my feeling, uh, that he just doesn't have the engine to get through it. So until we see something different in 2023, perhaps as he develops and uh, possibly gains that engine, I can't see him as a viable fantasy option. No. And look, you know, his first couple of seasons, you can say it, but he's in his third, first grade season and he's still not doing it. So the fact that he was dropped for Pangai Jr. last year and only played in the grand final because Pangai was injured shows you where he's at. Uh, All right. Uh, Mitch, the Storm, what are we thinking? Well, Nick has him here as a B+. Uh, he's lucky that he's not on here because I would have been giving him grief. The Storm's been an A. I, I think that the only reason, and, and I say that because if you take out those injuries, they're probably on the same points as the as the Panthers and would have given them all they could handle up in uh, Magic Round. So I'm going to revise that because he's not here and I'm going to give him an A mm-hmm. because I think they've been pretty darn good, all things considered. Uh Absolute boom player of the year, and I wish I got on him instead of Ben Hunt. Uh, Cameron Munster, so he had some stiff competition, I think, from Harry Grant, but averaging 60.2 and playing every game with the exception of that first one for the uh, white powder incident. Um, He's been brilliant to watch. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. He's had up to 92 and as low as 31, but he is that type of player. He's kind of, you know, a rich man's Dylan Brown. Uh, his biggest purple patch was between rounds 5 and 10 and I think that's partially sort of past round 10 they they had quite a number of injuries I know Jerome Hughes and Ryan Pappenhausen were out and that was sort of his bro support and the other thing is he's had that post-origin period where I just felt and I don't know what you felt Stu with this is just he went absolutely 110% in that origin game and it to me just looked like he was a little bit down um, on energy, certainly the next game, and, and I felt the one after that. So, yeah. Cam Munster, a boom this year, uh, and if if possible, maybe even a pickup post Origin if he can just drop a little bit of cash because he's maintained the the uh, the rage really. He has, and he's off the drink. He's looking fit. Uh, he's he's played a little bit of fullback this year at various times he's played a lot, a lot of things this year he's up 82 grand on the year but he is dropping coin he's got a break even to 74 versus the seagulls at four points so in a few weeks if you have the cash he could you could get him in for about 750 yeah i think he's a really nice point of difference you've got pappenhausen coming back in the storm are about to be as healthy as they have been probably since uh christian welch went out I I would be I'm I have him on my radar as possibly a candidate for some of my war chests. So uh, just keep an eye on Cameron Munster. Uh, the surprise packet. This is one I called Stu and copped a lot of grief in the preseason, as you probably remember when I had both Max King and Josh King. Uh, is Josh King? Uh, he's paid a lot of money for fantasy owners. Uh, he's averaged about thirty nine point nine, and he made up to two hundred thousand um, dollars. If you cashed out earlier this year, you missed out. 
but who knew he was going to be this good? There was something during the Craig Bellamy interview uh, with Maddie Johns, and unfortunately I'd cashed out after this, or I probably would have held him a little bit longer, where he basically said that the best performer in the preseason was Josh King. So had I known that, I would have been uh, a bit more defensive when I copped criticism early in the year, but perhaps I, I without the injury... Josh King and Max King are two starting props, which had people... If they were on your bench somewhere, I think people would have been okay. It's just your starting props when we didn't know well, they were, about them. They were wrong, and I was right. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> All right, who, who's your bust, mate? Uh, oh, God. Unfor- you know, I, I, I had one of these three and could have easily had... Or oh, I have two of these three and could easily have had three of these three. The cheese. Uh, Nick's 100% right, right here. Easiest bust of the year. Now, I got on him at 490 or 480K when I thought that has got to be the absolute basement of his price. I didn't adhere to your rules, Stu. Uh, the two-date rule, I saw sort of one performance of 70 minutes where he bashed out a 54, I think it was against the Warriors. Mm. And then since then, he just has not uh, been able to get the minutes. He started at 678K, mate. He's down to 389. The only reason he's still on my team is I refuse to crystallize the loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all he's I had is a score of six. has a few weeks off. Oh, geez. I hope he sort of breaks his leg, to be honest. Um, but I don't even know if that's going to help because he played a game at hooker and still only managed mid-30s. He's had two scores of six, excuse me, 62 and 50. Um, and I can't see it turning around. Uh, you know, Nick's got here could be a cheeky pod. I, I certainly hope he is because I won't be trading him out. But for whatever reason, I feel like he's in the doghouse with Craig Bellamy. I haven't really seen any evidence of him being injured. I, I feel like Craig has sort of decided with... Um, the cheese leaving that he's going to stick to his his elite spine of Harry Grant, Cam Munster, Jerome Hughes, and Ryan Pappenhausen. And unless there's a major injury, there's no no need to tweak that. And I feel it's difficult with all these injuries to put him in the pack because they need a bit more size up there. So I, I hope he turns it around, but I think his minutes will range between 40 and 50. And that I, would sort of put his points I, around I, the mid to mid to low 30s. I'm really hoping he does really badly because he'll bet the Roosters next year and he'll be the easiest guy to buy next year. Him and Turbo are the two easiest buyers next year. Yep. Because Turbo will be 450k, 500k like he was when he went on the run. Cheese will be, what, 350? Yep. So Maybe yeah. lower. Yeah, yeah, probably 400, somewhere in there. But either, either way... Well, if he's hooker. starting hooker and he's getting 60, 65 minutes, you know, we'll see Chris Randall style, style cash um, to be made. So, look, I don't want that to happen because I need him to, to come back for me or, or my head-to-head uh, dash is done, but we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, mate, I'll let you take the Cowboys because I was wrong on them all year. That's it. Oh, look, we all were. We all had them down near the bottom, either last or second last. So, look, we got them as an A+. And they're an easy A plus because they have performed so much better than I think anyone thought they were going to perform this year. And look, there's a few booms in this team, uh, but the biggest one is Ruben Cotter. So uh, he popped off the st- stat sheet preseason. Uh, so rugby league uh, stats, uh, sorry, eye tests uh, involvement stats show that he is a very involved worker didn't get the minutes but Todd Payton has basically played him at 13 for huge minutes so I think the only reason I didn't get on he wasn't starting round one so you know we couldn't pick him so we picked up the Kurt Mann who did well made us some money but look since then he's got 250k worth of price rises 
55.7 average. Uh, only issues that hammy injury, but he's got a hooker middle DPP. So that, that's pretty strong, right? It is, but I mean, I, with that grade three injury, I'd be selling him out to the next best uh, player at this point. That's it. All right. Now, Reese Robson does get a mention seventh overall fantasy scorer with 791. So, uh, surprise packet, drink water. So as Nick's written here, he's dubbed stinked water, but clearly not stinky anymore. <laughs> so look, the cows, yeah, look, the Cowboys really did lift when he came on from round five. Nine wins, two losses with drink water. Uh, SJ field goal was one game and Panthers in Penrith. <laughs> so you can understand why that happened. Uh, Absolutely. So he's filling the stat sheet, average 45.9. Uh, which is huge considering he averaged 27.7 in 17 games prior to this year. So it's a, what, 18-point improvement uh, this year. Pretty big. Yep. And, which is significant. And, yeah, and it's all around. There's base stats. He's getting a bit of kicking, uh, tries, tries assists. He's basically acting as a third half at times. They're letting him, like, uh, do short kicks, cut out passes. He's doing very well. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, and I guess the Panthers, everyone gets hammered. And speaking of hammers, uh, Tabio Hammers, uh, sorry. Uh, So we got the hammer here, uh, and he has been a huge bust this year. Uh, He's lost his spot to drink water through this. And his price has been hammered 200k. So Hamaso Tabuai Fido has lost 200k this year. I know we had wow. him as a buy earlier in the year at fullback, but man, if he got on, it's been terrible. And the worst part is, unfortunately, the hammer is a decent winger, but terrible fantasy winger. Like I've seen scores of six, scores of 13. He's in my draft team. It makes me very sad. So. Look, I think you've been unlucky if you got on him, though, because without that injury, I don't think we ever see Scott Drinkwater because the Hammer is a, a legitimate NRL-level fullback. It's probably been the most fortuitous injury for the Cowboys because I think Drinkwater has added a lot out the back with his ability to kick and uh, play the ball. But you can't criticize anyone for getting on the Hammer. He he really did pass the eye test early. He's, he had a, I think his first round, he's, he punched out 54 in a, in a pretty lackluster Cowboys team. And um, not long after did his hamstring and really couldn't get his spot after that. So it's a bit unfortunate for the Hammer. I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if Stinkwater locked up his uh, fullback role or Drinkwater now, I suppose I have to change the name, uh, locked up that spot that Hammer might look to try and move to a club where he can play fullback because... While he is good on the wing, he certainly isn't uh, getting the maximum out of his ability. He sort of has quite a high ceiling. That's right. And unfortunately, he's just, he's very quick, but he's not quite strong enough to be that real tackle-busting center. So, no, no, no. You need to put him out in the wing or, or, or fullback, which is the ideal spot to have him. Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, next team, the Sharks, which we have as an A-. minus. Uh, and look, the boom is, it writes itself. Nico Hines, highest scoring player. This year, uh, one of the highest owned players, the highest owned player this year by a long way, uh, is 10% more ownership than Nathan Cleary, who's the next highest owned. So 46% of players own Nico Hines. So you can see about 46% of players in this game are active, basically. Uh, 
969 points, 300k in price rushes this year, averaging almost 70. Best captain, uh, probably best captain overall this year, but certainly best captain not named Cleary uh, to win for the rest of the season. Uh, oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, if you didn't get Nico Hines in the first few rounds, life's been pretty painful. Uh, like you were talking before about May Crichton and Targo, you put Nico Hines in there, who I believe she was just under 600K. He was. Um, I'd be very intrigued to see what sort of percentage of first place that would look like, but yeah. it would sort of be just a touch over 15% of his salary cap. Yeah, uh, 600K. He, he was a must. Uh, he was at the beginning of the year, and that DPP as well. Like, he's, he's the best half. He's the best wing fullback. He plays, He and he looks like he's got time. He doesn't look as quick as some of the other players, but he looks like he's got time. He's- I think he's just fantastic at reading the game. He's a bit like Adam Reynolds in that he has a fantastic footy brain, which, you know, as a long-term pro um, prospect means he will be a good player for a long time because he isn't reliant on speed, say like an SJ might be. Uh, so I think he'll be a stalwart fantasy player and likely the Sharks halfback for the next five to eight years. You'd probably lock him up for as long as you could. That's it. Oh, look, he plays well. He kicks well. The only thing I'd have against him is that he's lacking the big boot. So if you got sort of a Matty yeah. Burton style, someone with a real big, you know, last play hammer, then that's, I reckon that team would be really well put together. So post, uh, uh, who's the half at the, at the moment? The other half. Oh, Moylan. Yeah, post Matty Moylan. Well, yeah. I mean, geez, imagine Burton out there. Woo. Mm. And sorry for the ho- people at home uh, for the brain fade. My wife's had COVID all this week. I've been uh, doing all the household duties. I'm not sick, but I'm just bloody flocked. So <laughs> if I'm reaching for names, it's because, uh, yeah, been been redlining it for a few days now and started a new job this week too. So busy, busy. Uh, all right, surprise packet. It's pretty easy again. CSC for Talakai. Couldn't even get a starting spot. Scored the... I, second biggest score this year uh, after Nico Hines has scored the biggest score this year. And 98, 98 of those points, mate, were in one half. <laughs> that Might be it. one of the biggest halves we've ever seen in fantasy, right? That's got to be close. It was pretty big. Um, maybe one of the turbo halves is all I could think of. But yep. yeah, it's pretty Yeah, he might have done it. But also, the issue is, is that after that, he sucked in so many fantasy players, about 30% or so, who got on. Uh, without realising that uh, one big game against Morgan Harper does not equal a career. Uh, but look, he's kept his spot. See if if he held him, that's fine. I just hope you didn't buy in at 650, 700k. Because uh, he's not worth that anymore. Uh, bust, Will Kennedy. Only player to get double negatives. Uh, like negatives two weeks in a row. So in NRL history. Uh for everyone looking to get him in for round 17, he is a cash out, not a cash down. You cannot trust him in your starting 17. Impossible to trust. All right, Mitch, Broncos, what are we looking at? Look, look mate, I gave the Broncos an A-. minus. I think they've been way better than we expected, certainly in the last uh, two months. Yeah. Boom player, actually... 13 yeah. to 5th, and they were 4th last week. So, yeah, definitely. A-, minus. that's fine. Oh, I think that's fair enough. And 
as you said last week, Kev, he's really shown he's a great coach with a good footy mind. So the boom I've got, I mean, he really hasn't boomed just yet, but I think he will. Um, so I, I consider him as a late start, but could have been picked up an absolute bargain based from prices Ezra Mam. Uh, looks the business as far as uh, his competition, which would be Tyson Gamble. Uh, outside of likely winning that number six spot over him, his value continues to increase. He has a nice spread of tries, tackle breaks, and tackles. The only weakness in Ezra Man I've seen is his lack of stable base stats. So kick meters are next to zero, and he's really only averaging 110 uh, meters per game. But Ezra Man, I think, is the boom of this Broncos team. He's a bit of a late find. But with particularly Adam Reynolds there, he sort of has that Benji Marshall-esque feel about him with Scott Prince running the show and big nasty forward pack and fast back. So I I think that could be quite exciting. Um, For sure. And look, I'd have... I'd argue Selwyn Cobbo, but he did start at 450. I know he dropped price, so you could have got on it more like 320 before he went on that run. But because uh, he started at 450, Ezra Man does look more like the boom as far as value goes. Yep. Uh, the surprise packet, and I think you'll have, I'll have no arguments here, was Adam Reynolds. Uh, we knew Adam Reynolds was good, but we didn't think he could take his performance to another level. Now, am I right in saying it? He, he, Adam's been around for almost a decade, I, I, maybe more. Uh, there was some concern over his durability, but he continues to drink the entire milkshake with a loaded Broncos unit. Nick and I have been saying for some time the Broncos were a half short of being a proper contender, and he certainly proved that. Uh, and at the same time, he's proved he's a top-tier keeper. No one stat sticks out without him. He's got uh, tackle breaks, try assists, tackles. He's got a sprinkling of the odd try, and he's averaging nearly 500 kick metres uh, on one of the most talented rosters in the entire NRL. So... If he took the role of the dice and got Adam, though he has had a couple of durability issues as we foresaw earlier on in the season, you really are laughing because he's been one of the better halves in the league all year and uh, has really taken control of this Broncos side. The final one, and again, it was a little bit tricky to find someone who truly had busted on this on this roster, but I think we've got to put in Jakey Turpin, Stu. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a brief stint early in the season uh, as a starting hooker and... Uh, has really only got his spot back the last few weeks due to injuries in this Broncos team. He's currently 63K down. He doesn't look particularly good. And the real issue for him is a total lack of minutes and more importantly, job security. I feel like as soon as um, Corey Pays is back, they're going to go straight back to that rotation with Pay and Walter and Turpin's going to be on the outer. For sure. Look, they they were before uh, Corey Pay got injured, uh, Jake Turpin had asked for a release and they were going to grant it. So, shows you where Jake Turpin is, which is at the Dolphins. Shadow Realm. That's it. Or possibly Newcastle. I think Newcastle. Might oh, be that is the Shadow Realm. Let's <laughs> <laughs> wait until we get to their score. Oh, who did Newcastle? Was it you? It was me. I'll oh, my, I can't wait. Look, mate, I I'll take wait. the eels. You can have the rabbitos. So. Oh, okay. Yep. Look. Uh, no, I'll swap you, mate. You can, you can, have, you can have the eels. Have the eels? Thank you. Um. No, we're not giving the Eels that score. They're not getting that. The Eels are a C plus, and I, I think this is going to stir a bit of bit of hate. But the reasons, Stu, I give them a C plus is because of their roster and how talented it is. You cannot drop games to the Bulldogs and Tigers um, and get higher than a C plus. Maybe I would give them a B minus, but 
I know that they've knocked off the two competition heavyweights, but good teams don't don't do that. They don't drop games to the Tigers. Uh, you didn't see the Storm or Panthers do that. They don't drop the games to the Bulldogs, um, and they certainly don't get towered by the Bulldogs. Our boom pick uh, is Dylan Brown, which I have absolutely no arguments from with Nick. He's had an up and down year, but mostly up. I mean, talk of players who have passed the eye test, certainly early in his uh, season. He looked the absolute business. I think the last two, three weeks, that ankle injury has sort of been hampering him a bit, and he hasn't been taking the line on, but he's had some really great moments running the ball. And I would think um, coming out of uh, that origin run, although he's not playing, I think just the Eels players that they have lost there, uh, and as his ankle gets right, he will find a way to accelerate towards the end of the season because he seems like he's taking his game to another level. Mm. Uh, the surprise packet, and certainly again, no arguments here, Nick. Uh, Ryan Mat- Madison. So I had him, and so did we all, as a hard avoid due to concussions flagged by myself earlier in this year and his contract uncertainty. I mean, we were sort of concerned he wouldn't get many minutes at all. Well, he was playing off the bench. Yep. Uh, he'd lost his edge spot. Like you had Papali'i uh, on one edge and you had uh, Lane on the other. so And they seem to have locked that up and you had Nathan Brown at lock who, who now apparently is on the outer. Um, so I thought he was unpickable and I don't think we were really wrong in not recommending him because it could have really gone either way um, when he had that little hot streak. But he, he seemed to continue, continue on. He's been feasting... Um, off the pine with career highs of 159 running meters, two and a half offloads, which has really boosted his score because I think a lot of those are to hands uh, in a career low minute. So as we said, he he hasn't got the minutes. And Nick sort of got here. Um, he in his debut, he, he hasn't had these minutes since 2016 in his debut, where he averaged 57.4 minutes, and he's made 150k since then, or 140 rather. Um, it's just wild and I think perhaps the decreased minutes have allowed him to play at maybe a higher octane and then as a result of that we're seeing increase in his output and uh, we have seen that with players from time to time that playing longer minutes sometimes doesn't actually help their their scoring uh, in fantasy yep Uh, who's our bust here oh and I think this is another fair enough one so if Dylan Brown's on the rise Mitchell Moses certainly does get the bust um, for his stupidity against the Bulldogs in round 14. He was just terrible. I mean, he has to wear a lot of the blame for that loss. And he's partially why I'm giving the... I'll give him a B minus, why I'm giving them this B minus rating because as the halfback, you really control the tempo and uh, the rhythm of a team. And he's just far too hot and cold. I know he looked good against the Roosters, but he doesn't have the ruthlessness to be a top echelon half in fantasy or NRL. You've said it a lot, Stu, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you say it. He's a flat-track bully. You cannot trust Mitchell Moses unless the schedule is as soft as a baby's ass. That's it. I'm probably still getting him in. But yes, uh, (laughs) Uh, look, I'm ready to ride the pain train. Uh, But also, I would say that, look, it's a little bit harsh on him to give him a bust. I think there's a couple of other players in that team. I reckon Gutho's actually had quite a down fantasy year as far as... And probably NRL. Yeah, he has. He's just been a little bit behind the pace, a little bit down on actual pace. Uh, so he, Clint Gutherson for me, is one of those guys who could be, who's just lurking around the top five fullbacks for the year. But this year he's averaging 39. He's had no real blowout games. He's been a little bit less involved. 
I wonder if Nick's busted him just because of that one the seal or, 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 or perhaps the perceived ceiling of Moses. It's not even that he's been ridiculously down, but we sort of expected him to take his game to another level this year yeah. after that relatively good finals campaign last yeah. year where they really came a play away, I thought, from beating Penrith in the prelim mm-hmm. final. I think it's the lack of ability to ascend to the new level where he's busted him. And in, in that regard, I think it's fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Well, look, I, I'd have probably, yeah, for, for my side, I reckon Gutho or even Nathan Brown, who's played so badly, he's been told he can leave now. So that's that's how he's out of the 17. So that's a pretty big bust. Not that many people had him. Uh, the other interesting one for Boom, I felt it was a little bit of a Isaiah Papali'i. He has been phenomenal this year. So he's... Oh. Yes, he's, he's dropped a little bit of coin over the last few games because he's had he's been mucked around a little bit. Playing well, I think it. he probably could have deserved the boom pick there as well. He could have had he and Dylan Brown in there. Yeah, for sure. Look, I'm looking. What is his worst game? So this is Isaiah Papali. Oh. I'm having I'll, uh, here. I'll race you. Uh, forty-eight. Oh, geez, what a terrible game! Frigging game was against the Cowboys, I believe, where they got tuned up in North Queen. Ah, uh, sorry, Darwin. Right? And he was yes. the best player in that team that got flogged, by the way. I think... Did he score that game? Am I right in thinking... No, he didn't. Uh, no, but he did, did put the hurt on a lot of players. But no. Yeah, maybe that's... double versus the Knights. Uh, scored versus and the, the Roosters. Tigers. And double versus the Roosters uh, in the game that they lost at Magic Round. Yep. So he has... I'm having a look over here. One game where he... Oh, sorry. Two games... Only two games where he's run less than 100 metres... Uh, he's 53 tackle breaks for the year. Wow. He, uh, he's looked fantastic. Uh, yeah. I I would contend if he's not sharing the boom pick, then possibly oh, takes oh. it. He's been really good. Yeah, I think Nick's just likes Dylan Brown. So, uh, look, I'd have a Zopapli. I wish I had him from the beginning of the year. Should have thought better. Anyway, let's move on. Rabbitohs. Now, Nick's got them as a B minus. I'm actually going to put them as a C because they were the grand finalists last year and they were like diabolical versus the Dragons the other day. Diabolical. So, but look, there has been some real highlights this year now and that is two players. Damien Cook, 66.7 average, second top scorer overall, 934 in 14 games. Uh, game plan of instead of going out the back, we've talked about it, Souths are going down the middle. Uh, which which they had to do, right? Yeah. Well, look, and they've scored two tries last year. Uh, sorry, he scored two tries last year, scored six already this year. Again, because they're playing down the middle and he's taking on more of a role. Wayne Bennett's gone. Who says give it out the back? So they're going through the middle. Yep. Uh, that's also due to the fact that they've had some terrible players uh, out the back, like at the end of those runs, as opposed to having... Uh, Dang Gagai. Yeah. Uh, Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, Gagai and Latrell are passing on to Alex Johnson. You've had what Jackson Paulo at various times out there. You've had all sorts of Yeah. Players. I think that's good coaching. It's sort of maybe the difference between I know uh Demetrio's copped a bit of flack, but it's the difference between Demetrio and perhaps what St. George saw uh with old mate, uh and now the name's left me. Um oh gosh, his assistant coach. Um if he gets a job again, I'll eat my hat. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, 
no, it's left me. Uh, he, he took over from St. George and it'll come to me in a second, but he just coached the same as Wayne Bennett with, with a slightly different team and they were banished to the shadow realm for a decade, basically, for trying to repeat what Wayne Bennett did. Um, this team has to play out the middle. They don't have the talent out back anymore. No. So um, you're talking about Stevie Price? Thank you. No, we're good. So I knew you weren't talking Matt McGregor. But yeah, look, Stevie Price did try the same. Yeah. Just couldn't make it work. So, well, that's right. It'd be like Dimitri telling the Rabbitohs to play out the back. I think you'd see him get towed by 40 every week if they did that. Yeah. And the um, yeah, and they have had a couple of bad games this year, but they've... Yeah, I was really worried about that one. So look, I've given them a C for this one. But look, the other guy, Cam Murray, 46 round one after that. Uh, we were worried about that shoulder with that large yet. Uh, yep. But well, we were worried the first three rounds. We were, but no. It's 64 average. Uh, so, guys, basically the best mid. So, he's playing hard. He's playing long minutes. He's not coming off. Uh, he'll probably have a short career because of it. But this year, great to win Cam Murray. <laughs> uh, owned him after Origin. He's coming down a little bit in price, but only a little bit. Like I thought last week, oh, he's going to start really dropping some coin, Right. And then the bugger pulls out a 71, right? And he, he didn't even play the full. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous how he how well he's playing in these games. 53 minutes for 71 points. It's pretty gross, but I mean, all the play has to go through him, doesn't it? Because uh, he's the best player on that team by quite a margin. He is. He and, and they really lack a good ball player. I mean, Ilias showed us that he's not quite there yet, but I, I do think he will be, and Cody Walker's too salty to play a full game. He is. Uh, okay, here's an interesting stat, just while I've got you, because we're going to speed this up in a sec, because obviously we're going to take forever, but I just really interesting thought on my part, right? Isaiah Papali'i, right? Because the two best forwards this year have probably been these two players who we've been talking about, has run for 2,000 metres, Cam Murray only for... Uh, Cam Murray has run for 1,350-odd, right? Yep. Uh, and uh, Papali's made 499 tackles versus Cam Murray's 494. So Cam Murray's points, I'm just having a look here, like the, the big difference is, is... I can't even see this. Like, where, where is this big difference? Uh, lack of errors... Uh, and uh, just those those other little sort of effort plays, turnover tackles, things like that. It's it's crazy. Yep. It's yeah, how he's scoring these points. It's just in those weird little areas. Anyway, uh, so moving on the bust. Now look, there's an option here to say Latrell Mitchell, and look, I can see it. Is that in a year that we need a w- good wing fullbacks, and we haven't had many, he's been busted and he's been a bit down on form. Uh, I don't think we're quite seen enough of Latrell Mitchell. Uh, this year my big one a lot of people got sucked in on Lachlan Elias uh, which is not too bad because uh, he has made some coin but the other the other guy who's been really really disappointing is the stand in fullback so uh, Blake Taff so Blake Taff got a lot of people in thinking oh look he kicks goals he'll pick up some points he didn't really and uh, he eventually ended up getting benched didn't he and out of the team for a little while. So, uh, look, I would actually put Black Taff as our bust for the year. Uh, Dragons. Mitch, what are we looking at? I'd give the Dragons a B, mate. I think just, you know, maybe people say that's a bit generous, but based on the oh, talent. 
Um, based on the talent that they have and some of the instability there, I think I'll give them a B, probably because of the high of that most recent win. If you said B minus, you wouldn't get too many arguments from me. Uh, the boom, look, it's probably going to be met with a bit of contention here, but I think from an NRL point of view, um, Ben Hunt's been the big boom. I couldn't actually find a Dragons player who's been a boom. So I'm going to have to put Ben Hunt there. He's been killed by missed tackles, but he's passed the eye test and he's the Dalian leader at the moment. Um, he certainly can't be a certified fantasy boom, but honestly for the Dragons, there isn't one. Um, but this bomb could very well explode if the Dragons' performance against the Bunny wasn't a blip. Now, I am of the opinion the Bunny stunk and the Dragons were the mm. same. But if I'm wrong, because I was wrong about the Cowboys, uh, Ben Hunt drinks all the milkshake here. Everything goes through him. He had a lot less missed tackles last game. Um, he is a boom waiting to happen. And I've said it all year. It's just he's been on a team that has lacked um, a real motor. So with the exception of the most recent game, um, they haven't been particularly good. Now, the surprise packet, and I, I certainly don't think I'll get too many arguments here, Cody Ramsey, uh, another player who has passed the eye test. He's looked to be a poor man's Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, I'd continue to urge caution if anyone thought about getting him. Um, his most recent scores, 55, 39, 31, and 54, which is pretty consistent going for winger fullbacks this year. He's averaged 160 metres in this game and 4.5 tackle busts. So he's running hard, he's making breaks, and he does have a great ball player in Ben Hunt. Um, and I do think he adds a bit of speed and threat around the middle and perhaps was is what the Dragons really hoped from Matt Dufty, except he's a far better tackler and, and uh, catcher of the high ball. So keep an eye on Cody Ramsey going through the rest of the season. Unfortunately, I think he'll be a bit of a slow burn. So it's not as though we're going to be able to get on him next year. Um, but I think he's been a surprise packet. So for anyone who rolled the dice and went to the absolute casino, that hasn't been a bad one. The bust, I think, is an obvious one, is Andrew McCulloch. So known to be an 80-minute tackling machine. Uh, Mac has been the victim of a number of injuries, but probably more than anything, the, the fast pace of the game. He's seen a significant reduction in time, sharing minutes with Embi. Um and, and that's kind of his main problem. He's averaging 55 minutes, and he just isn't getting the points through there. And you sort of couple that with the games missed. He's just been a, a, a stay away player wherein he is past. He's been a K. Yeah, and he's been a stalwart fantasy player in the past. So a bit of a shame for Macca, but I think with the changes to the game and his age, uh, it's not at all surprising. So maybe not an NRL bust, but certainly at this point, uh, a fantasy bust. Uh, look, um, I reckon it's probably his uh, victory lap this year. He might be off to England. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's truck on to the Roosters now again this will probably get a bit of hate because I gave the Dragons a B but the Roosters are a much better squad and they get a B minus because they just have not been up to the mark oh, for the a team of their below the Dragons if you well they are season oh, on the ladder. well we yeah. had them as a top four I don't like a lock C, top four um I'm not going to do it because they've had a couple of really good moments. I think a lot of it, we'll get to it in a second, but a lot of it's been the half. So our boom pick, Nick put this in because I couldn't really find someone I deemed a boom, but he's put Joseph Swally in there. So he'll get a bit of a chuckle out of that. Um, and has written the goat of all goats. I don't think that's the case, but I tell you what, I've seen enough to say that he'll be an origin player within the next year or two. Um, if sure. Tupo thinks he's going to be a, a stalwart of the New South Wales origin team, he's got another thing coming because... Because I think Sawali is really just um, he's an the air in waiting, the air apparent. 
I ha- I cannot. He has got more size to put on. He is going to be uh, freakish. He was freakish playing for Kings uh, and was sort of touted as a real up-and-comer. And I thought he'd take a year or two to get going. It's taken him, you know, less than half a season to really find his stride after coming off a Liz Frank injury. So Joseph Suwali, um, scary good player. The surprise packet is Angus Crichton. And the reason I have him as a surprise packet is because he's had an up-and-down year. Uh, he's paid to be the normal Gus levels the last um, few weeks and has had five scores above 60 since round eight. The surprise was the initial drop in performance, due, and I think that was likely an unnamed injury. Now, look, I think this is behind him, though he still continues to wear that compression garment. And as the season rolls on, he'll be the keeper mid that we always knew he would be. But the surprise was the drop in points. And if you managed to get off and, and get back on... Too. or. Well, that's right. Now, I think you nailed it, that it was most likely some form of elbow or shoulder injury. But if you didn't get on him early or you got off him as as you did um, and thankfully got me to do the same, you, you made a bit of cash out of it and got a cut price keeper out of it. So the surprise of Angus Crichton has been the up and down nature of his season, given how high a level player he is. Um at this point, it's probably too late to get on, but it's never a bad thing to get on a keeper of, of Gus's skill. Now, the final we've got here is the bust, and it's something we flagged early in the season. It's a potential problem playing Luke Keery at half, and I continue to see that problem persisting. So as we predicted, um, he continues to have issues with concussion, and that's sort of referring to the most recent week. But perhaps the biggest issue is the growing pains with his halves partner, Sam Walker. He did show some better forms between rounds 10 and 12, where he started to run the ball. Um, but largely throughout the season, he's been well down on tackle breaks, well down on line break and line break assists. And um, really all he's been doing is the kicking and he really isn't a particularly good kicking half. And I think that's where a lot of the issues for the Roosters are is that they've got their two halves in the wrong position. And if Luke Keery's not going to run the ball and he's going to be busted all the time, it actually might be time to move on and see if they can find someone else in that deep pool of talent because everywhere else they're ready to go they've got one of the best back lines in the league they've got a fantastic forward pack and the direction around the the team is just not good i'll be interested <laughs> you know what i heard what the, the rumor mill the rumor mill started up already uh that they might try and bring the cheeses mate up you know sniff some white powder north of the border jeez why not uh, why not and, and maybe move Kiri on to the dolphins that's it it's like move Kiri on he can he can become uh you know the new Mr. Australia Day with a dog and we can have uh, Cam Munster sort of uh, keep up the Eastern Sydney party ethos. Well, at that point, you know, you've probably got a guaranteed premiership because you have a ridiculous back line. One of the better forward packs, you have the cheese and hooker and you have Cameron Munster and Sam Walker running the show. That's pretty frightening. It is. It is. And it's actually pretty gross. Actually. The, um, I hope that doesn't happen. Mm. The only big thing that I can see if, is if something like that does happen is, is that I know they're in salary cap issues. They might not be able to re-sign Angus Crichton for next year. So that will be the only thing that stops them. And and they could probably, like, Munster, you take over Crichton every day of the week. Oh, you would. And uh, it's, yeah, but it's more if you let Luke Keery go, you've probably got the money to pay um, Munster. Yeah, I just think, you know, if as, as like, at a, on a purely analytics level, if you factor in the amount of time that Kiri is missing with injury versus what you're paying him. It's just not worth it. No. And he's not bringing you wins. Uh, he hasn't been the same half without 
Cooper Cronk. And I largely think it's sort of, again, that Benji Marshall, Scott Prince scenario where you take away Scott Prince and the team's just not the same because he's not a dinner suit role half. He likes to run the ball. He doesn't want to have to think about managing a team. And I know Robbo said earlier that that was Kiri's role, but I don't think he's that type of player and I'm going to continue to hammer it. That's it. And look, okay, let's keep it moving. Uh, I'll move quickly on to the Seagulls. This one's really easy. Look, Boom is DCE. Long neck continues his durable run. Averaging 60 under the new scoring system is very good. Uh, He's only missed one game uh, this year due to injury. Uh, Seems to be running most of the game. Kieran Foran is running a fair bit of like general play, but DC is scoring all the points. So they're doing well. I think the reason why he hasn't got those massive scores is because he's just not quite getting the attacking stats because Manly been down on form. And look, one guy who has stepped up, I know I talked about in preseason, uh, Homoli Olukuatu, averaging 53.5 on an edge, and is really working out that he can really bully edge forwards. And uh, smaller, you know, smaller edge defenders, halves, whoever's on the edge, he's going to slap them up. And the bust, unfortunately, Tommy Turbo. So he played enough this year that I can bust him because. I don't know what's worse. He lost 365k overall. He lost 200k and got four weeks off to begin the season. So if you bought him in a million and you kept him for a few weeks, you're in trouble. Or for those of you got on when he came back from injury, like you, Mitch. Yeah, that hurt. And then he lost some more money and then went off injured again. Uh, He just looked like he was turning it around that game too. It was pretty painful. He did too. And so, and what's more, it's something he'd never injured before. It's not like he can even go, well, I told you so. And so look, no. he's taking an average of 37.6 since next season. He'll be sl- priced around f- less than 500K. Oh, he'll be my first pick, mate. He will be. Like, if he's fit, he'll have all year to get fit. The shot off Mitch won't, I'm guessing... I presume they did a large based on the injury. Uh, he'll be fine. So, and, and, you know, his so, knee will so, be 100% too. So. so he can do all his running, I'm guessing, get up to peak fitness for that. Uh, even with the shoulder injury. And the reality of it is he's not going to be doing heaps of tackling in fullback. So unlike, say, Nathan Cleary, who took a few weeks really to get up to speed, that shouldn't be a problem. Fair enough. Look, Tommy Turbo, the only good thing about him and Cheese is that they're the first buyers next season. Yep. Uh, Raiders. Mate, I've got the Raiders as a B-. minus. So our boom is Brad Schneider. 223k value increase if you got off the train at the right time. It might have actually been closer to 250 Perfect. A surprise packet, Adam Elliott. Mm. Um, though his value is only just starting to creep up. Uh, well, that's probably more than creeping up now, but Elliott may have actually found himself some long-term minutes on a side he won't even be playing for next year, which is really frustrating because I was going to get on him, but once I found out he wasn't playing for them, I thought Sticky might send him to the Shadow Realm. Um, but the last three weeks, he's had 65-plus minutes, and he's looked awesome, and that's probably where I went wrong because he passed the friggin' eye test from the moment he started in that side at, at Hooker, and I thought he really turned around that pack and why it's got a bit of grunt to it right now. So He's a perfect 13, and I think they were missing that for a little while. Yep. He's a really stiff 13 who runs hard, tackles hard, and Has runs... Has a bit of ball playing. He's got, He does, certainly does, but and you don't know which one he's going to do. Is he going to run really hard, or is he going to get the ball out wide? Yep, and that's exactly what you want. Uh, sort of that Glenn Stewart-style player. 
mm-hmm. which is it, it's turned around this Raiders though I still think there are a couple of paces off where I thought they'd be our bus Jordan Rappiner, uh not only is he a grade A flog but he's lost 155k value uh, it's been a combination of suspension injury sin bins um, giving away penalties uh, Rappiner look he probably could end up being a bit of a uh, cash down sort of option because he does have absolute monster scores in him and Xavier Savage has still made made enough errors where Sticky could get a bit cranky and put Rapner in fullback so something to watch out for because CNK is still at least a month away I would say uh, no apparently I've heard CNK might be back next round oh so they're bringing we'll, him back earlier that's oh, no, gross no, well he'll be available next round what they do with him remember he could be an edge uh, so, so like he could be a centre he could be a winger you don't yep. know there's, there's, there's space. I think they look good with their current centres, though, right? Tim McCoy and Chris have looked pretty good. They have been. Uh, and their wingers, yeah, you can't drop Kotrick. And you can't or, drop... And you can't drop Rapiner. No. So, we'll, we'll see. He could we'll, play we'll 14. I, I think, really, they should stick with Savage because he, he has points in him. And uh, particularly in the second half where they haven't looked the business... Um, having that young talent on there is a good thing. Uh, Claude Stad's not going to lose you a game, but he won't win you one either. No, whereas Savage looks, he does look like he can cut through, kind of like a young Kalen Ponga. Yep, yep, exactly right. Probably a little bit less disciplined though. Uh, speaking of Kalen Ponga, mate, the Newcastle Knights. Oh, okay, look, Booms, this. <laughs> there's really only one. There's oh, one and a half. Yeah, that's it. Exactly right. Like, you have a look at the Newcastle Knights. Chris Randall has been the boom this year. If you got on him, you look, he stopped making money for a few weeks, but he's actually restarted gaining money. That'd be 15 right. 15 grand last week. 565k. He scored you 638 points this year, which is not bad if you got him on early. So, looking at the rest of the night side, you will not have scored more points. He's outscored Tyson Frizzell. He's outscored David Heimer. Oh, oh, wow. He's outscored Caelan Ponga by... No joke here, 180-odd points. I think he's looked better than Callum Ponga. There you go. There you go. But I'm saying, like, if you picked and held on to Chris Randall, this is an interesting fact for me next year as well, Mitch. If you went and held on to Chris Randall, you would score more than if you got any of those guys. More than Dane Gagai, almost two, 200 more points than Dane Gagai. I never yeah, said that wow. few weeks. So it's just, it's filth. So obviously the Knights have not been good. But anyway, Chris Randall this year done very well. Uh, if you still have him, keep him. There's nothing wrong. Uh, until Braley comes back. Until, yeah, at that point he's yeeted. Uh, David Clammer, the surprise this year. Now, he came back early from an injury. Didn't have the best start to the year, David Clammer. Came back a couple of weeks early after they had hit by all those injuries and suspensions. Averaging 56.6 this year after a couple of relatively poor years at the Knights. So he is the highest average by six points in that team. Second highest point scorer. Uh, look, he's not quite keep assessed, but he's pretty close. David Clement, like if he's a bit of a pod boy, uh, here's 3.69% of people are on to him. Bit of a poor score last week, but a poor score for him was a 40. Uh, bust is very easy. Jake Clifford had a brand opening three rounds, but as the Knights absolutely fell off a cliff, uh, when Mitch Barnett got sent off. That was really the turning point. And he, they seemed to lose steam. And he played so badly a few weeks later, he was hooked during the middle of the game. It's sent just... Back. I just don't understand it, though, why that would just turn their season like it did. Yeah. it just I, hasn't been the same, has he, really? 
none of them have been. They were really exciting those first couple of games. And it just, they they lost it. I think a lot of noise in that team as well. Uh, you had the Andre Saga, you know, around Kalen Ponga. You've had, uh, you had the suspension. There's just been a few things not right there. Uh, look, the other issue is that he's lost his spot to Adam Clune. So that's concern. Uh, and the Knights haven't signed anyone. Like, big concern for me. Knights haven't signed anyone apart from Adam Elliott for next year that we Jeez. care about. Uh, that's a good signing, though. It is. But, like, the other big issue, there's no halves to teach Clifford how to get better. Like, obviously, you've got Joey there, but that's not working out. Like, but there's no there's no current halves next to him. So he would have he would have gotten better. Uh, like with an experienced half next to him, but it's still got what Milford and Adam Clune. Goodness. Anyway, so that's me. Let's get down to the Bulldogs. What have you got them rated as, mate? Mate, Dogs of War. Look, I, they probably deserved a D a couple of weeks ago, but Ooh, Mick Potter's turned them around. D minus. I'll give them, and this is going to be met with controversy, a C. I only give them a C. Yeah. Just because they've looked much better. They've started scoring points, mate. Like... Gee, Trent Barrett, attacking genius. I've been a big defender of Trent, but I cannot defend you anymore, Trent. I cannot. I know one was against the Tigers, but you couldn't score points against the Knights. I saw it live, mate. It was bad. Like, you look at those, the team that lost to the Knights and the team that lost to the, or that knocked over the Tigers. Um, it's different, different team, different line speed, uh, different attack. Um, Trent. Go be an assistant coach at Penrith and never leave again because you can look like an attacking guru without actually being one. Um, Sorry to say. Yeah, and look, I I think he is in a system which works a particular way, right? And he just, he obviously that just hasn't translated to him as a head coach. But then you're not an attacking guru. If you need a particular system, you're no guru. You're just good at it. That's true. So that's all I want to hear about that. It's like you're either a guru or you're not. And a guru like Wayne Bennett, although he couldn't make Newcastle really work, can do it anyway. Oh, he got them to a semi with Dad's Army. Remember that year? <laughs> yeah, I do, I do, I do. And so, they were all old. He picked up guys from everywhere. He bought back Willie Mason from the pub. But mate, like, that was a genius play. Oh, it was, but that's it what I'm saying. He took a team. That's Dad's Army. And, and it, it was. It He did it. He bought back <laughs> all these guys and he made... Wasn't semi. Jared Mullen in that team? They were Am I right? Sorts I of think guys. he was. Absolutely. Oh, jeez. It was monstrous. And... So Wayne Bennett got all those guys together, all right? And then, yes, look, they were bad for a few years. It also doesn't help when Nathan Tinkler suddenly stops paying people, right? And then well, I think Wayne Bennett left there out of pocket, you know? A lot of people pretty, did. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, let, let's move on to our boom. So Matt Burton, this is an easy one. Fantasy Keeper Centre of the Year. Um, outside of being an absolute specimen and passing the eye test, even against teams where the dogs were getting towed, he looked good, and that's probably the best of all tests to pass. Um, last week, last five weeks, Stu, these are his scores. 74, 75, 73, 84, and a little bit of a down week against the Tigers, 49. <laughs> um, oh, no. More to the point, he is now on a team that looks to have found its way in attack, so there's probably more stats to come, and he's running the ball. Oh, my God. Um, I can't it wait for him to play Origin. The, uh, it could be because they're near the opponent's try line. Yeah. Yeah. He can. He, he doesn't have to worry about yeeting the ball from the 30-meter line uh, as far as he can because they, they might actually be able to run some plays 
uh, in attack, which has been good to see. It's it, no one likes seeing a downtrodden dog side. Uh, it's good for the game for them well, to be strong. It's, it's funny for the first couple of years, I think we did right, or at least for the first year, you're like haha, sucked in. Yeah, like, that's right. Kind of like what we did with the Broncos, and then yeah, it's Stockholm syndrome. You start to feel bad for him. You like play yep. better, will you? Like, yep. yeah. Anyway, they are, so it's great. Who's that surprise packet? Mate, Jacob Carraz, and I, I, I consider him my call of the year because I thought he looked awesome the very first game he played uh, and unfortunately then lost his spot to uh, your mate, Jade Nockenball, when he came back. Um, but I think he might have been the player that helped revitalize a downtrodden dogs team when he got up Corey Riddell uh, post that beatdown that they suffered to... Uh, who would that have been? Uh, bear with me. It was round 13. Uh, to the Panthers, yep. where basically they accepted that they that it was okay to lose to the Panthers, and he sort of got right up the entire team saying, that's not cool. And since then, they've beaten the Eels, who are considered a premiership contender by 30, and then the Tigers by 26. Um, he breaks tackles, he runs hard, he scores tries, he's an effective tackler, and the defining of stat of Karaz, in my opinion, is his tackle breaks. Uh, in his Five games, he's had seven, six, two, three, and five tackle breaks from the wing and he's averaging 130 run meters per game for a rookie. This is just ridiculous. Uh, and I think he's going to be one of the better players in the league moving forward, probably only overshadowed by um, Joseph Swaley. Yeah. The only thing I would say here, as far as either the boom or surprise packet, right? Who do you think has made the most money out of any player this year? And it's not even close. Oh. Uh, isn't it Karaz? Nope. Oh, no, sorry, Nico Hines? Nope. Who is it? Max King. Oh, yes, I forgot about Max King. So he's up 378k for the year. Oh, I wish I'd have held him. I, I, I got off him at 250k rise. Me too. Yes. And look, yes. he has scored 682 points this year. It is filth for a 240k player. I think right? if we give it another three weeks, Karaz might take over. He might. Because uh, uh, they've uh, got him in centre in an attacking role at the moment. They do. But, okay, we have Max King has outscored uh, Blake Braley, Viliami Kikau, Reid Marnie, Jake Travojevic, Ben Hunt, Josh Jackson. Like, mm. the, the, the list of keepers... Jo- He's James looked Fisher good, though, Harris. Like he, he has he has a serious engine on him, and perhaps he, we shouldn't have flogged him. Team. Uh, it, he course, deserves it. Of course, there, there is an injury with Luke Thompson. Has had that ongoing HIA symptoms, so that's. I, I I think Luke Thompson will struggle to get his spot back. Yeah. Oh, look. I think. Yeah. Why I would you change this team right rotation. now? I look. It, it'll be tough. I reckon you put him off the bench though, because there's some. Uh, the bench probably needs a bit of stiffening, but that's about it. Yeah, you have a look at the number of players that he's yeah. beaten. He scored uh, 50 more points than Jason Tamalolo. Oh, man, I wish I didn't sell him. Oh, yeah. that hurts. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, I, I, I will retract that. He, he goes in a boom of up and I think that's a fair enough point. Or, look, or at least this, the surprise, one of those two, because if you said at yep. the beginning of the year that the, you're going to make more money off him than any other player, I think people would have told you you're an idiot. Oh, uh, I did pick up both kings, so and they did tell me I was an idiot. So there you go, okay. get that up here. Um, Bust. Who we got, mate? Matt Dufty, 107k uh, drop in value, uh, and probably partially responsible for the sacking of Trent Barrett. But hey, Trent Barrett played him, so that's on you, Trent. Um, does not pass the eye test. Is not an NRL player. Uh, in the great words of Zach Lomax, see you, Duff.
<laughs> All right. Now, look, I'm going to do the Tigers. Uh, look, we're giving them a D. Uh, oh, geez, that's generous. Uh, look, Nick's giving them the D. I'll probably give them oh. a B minus. Uh, oh, they got to be close to an E. They've been pretty bad. They have been, but they're the worst teams. So, yeah, okay. Uh, look, the boom for this year, Joe Offengawi, who, under the radar, completely under the radar, career high 50.8 points per game, 230K. Look, you can't trust the Tigers. There's a reason why a lot of people didn't buy him, but he's done very well. And with Alex Twal possibly being out for the season after that concussion. I which, think he was officially ruled out today. Which is, it must have been a pretty serious, con- I guess because it was such a soft concussion. Like, Matty Burton didn't slam him or anything. He just, you know, the way they landed underneath the tackle, it must be something very wrong there. Some um, I wonder if there's perhaps significant bleeding on the brain or something where they really need to let it heal. Um, uh, do I know the doctor for the Tigers? No, I don't. Okay. No, that'll be tricky for me to, to yeah, find out. I mean, it would be anything he, I announced on the pod, but it would be good to know. He, he was shaking on the ground after that here. It was really- I, I felt like there was some convulsing. If you look really closely, sort of... Mm goes into sort of a, a spasm state and then he starts to uh, twitch thereafter. So something not quite right there. And I mean, an impact to the back of the head is one of the worst spots to, to cop it, man. I have seen uh, one concussion similar to that that required an ambulance where he uh, fell over and um, took a knee to the back of the head it, just for whatever reason. I suspect just with how and what that, that area of the brain is responsible for, it's just not a good spot to get hit. So Gross. hopefully he's okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's unprecedented for yes. a player to be ruled out that quickly uh, and there were whispers quite quickly after the incident that he'd be ruled out for the season and it appears that that's been confirmed today Ooh. but we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that yeah well look sorry for Alex Twelve, but look it does confirm Joe Offengowie it's like he's got a real real forward spot there and the log jam behind him seems to have cleared out entirely he seems to have really yeah he, he's the man there uh, so well done if you got on him. Uh, surprise packet, uh, Jackson Hastings. Now I called it initially. I made the big call and then didn't get on. But then I did get on. Look, I lost fifty grand by not getting on as early as I did, and probably about fifty points. But look, before his injury, he was down to sub four hundred, wasn't he? No, no he, maybe just over four hundred k. Okay. Just over four hundred. Just I over four hundred when we got on, and look. Made 230k. He actually made more because he dropped his price below. So he made almost $300,000 when he got to that 675k mark. But then he got that foot injury and his kicking meters lost. He lost his tackle breaks. He lost uh, some of his tackles. Like he just, he's had to take a step back and he had his coach sacked. And it's funny, I he was the reason why Madge wasn't sacked earlier in the season. Uh, just That's right. Back. And they won those two one-point games, you know, against the Eels and against... Who was the other team? Was but, it the Bulldogs? Yes, someone. Uh, doesn't really matter, but basically he was the author of a couple of those and did very well. Uh, but look, I think he's a long-term prospect for the game. I think he just needs to get fit. Like, And when I say fit, I just, like, uninjured. So, uh, Bust. Stefano Udo Kamanu. Rabbitos, so, mate. It was a Rabbitos. B1? 
the Rabbitohs. It was the Rabbitohs. They got the other one point win. It was the Eels and Rabbitohs. Oh, which is huge, right? So, uh, yeah. But, sorry, I thought you meant Stefano was for the Rabbitohs. I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> like, what? Anyway, all so, look, Stefano uh, Udo Kamano, he has been the real disappointment this year. Now, look, he has been injured. Uh, he's also only averaged 27 this year. So, you can see that a lot of people picked him up at 500k. Uh, he basically had three games where his best score was a 40. He got injured, uh, came back off the bench, and his best score since has been a 36 versus the Cowboys. Uh I'm hoping that it's possibly just lingering symptoms and a bit of an unstable team that seem to take that. It does put him in good stead as a buy next year if they get a decent coach. So, you know, the Camion Seraldo Cup, like if he ends up there, I reckon if Cameron Seraldo smart, he'll end up at the Bulldogs because he's got a lot of chance of getting some decent players there, but you never know. Uh, so that's it for the Tigers. Yeah, they are really sort of a D, possibly D minus team. Uh, Warriors. So, uh, Mitch, what's happening with the Warriors? Uh, did Nick do this one, mate? I think he might have. He gave him a C minus. They're not getting a C minus. They're getting a D. They're definitely um, a D. They're getting a D. Uh, you and Aiken, Stu, you and Nick picked him. He has been a huge boom. Has not reached the ridiculous heights that we thought, uh, although there was a brief period where he thought we thought he might. He, he got um, an 80. He got an 80 and he had a period there where his value got above 700k, which was fantastic. But he carries that center DPP. He's a massive boom. He's solid week to week. He's averaging 48.5. He's sort of been a pick and stick kind of character. And I think he'll remain that way for the rest of the year. Our surprise packet, which we kind of missed on this one, uh, Josh Curran. He filled in at lock and second row and scored outrageously 57.8 from rounds one to six before he got injured. And I thought he looked like a, a, a bat out of hell. He was playing fantastic. And I felt like was driving what we saw um, with a couple of good performances from the Warriors early in the year. I know you and I watched a game where the Warriors found a way to get over the Cowboys. And I felt like he was really responsible for that. Mm. Um He's picked up a 51 uh, in 80 minutes on the edge most recently, which is encouraging, but, uh, you know, probably a bit of a stay away at this point. But Bust, it's a long list. Uh, Adam Fanul Blake, um, Torhu Harris has also been currently incredibly underwhelming, but I think he really just is building into the season post-ACL. Adam Fanul Blake's lost 130k. Torhu has lost 156 uh, it's been a tough year for the Warriors and um, I hope next year they look after them and give them an entire year at Mount Smart because yeah. Warriors fans really have had a rough time of it. Nathan Brown as a coach and, you know, two years of away games is pretty brutal. Yeah. Well, look, I think I think they've worked out that, look, the economics don't really work week to week in the NRL if you have every game at home just because the fans, you know, they sort of, they need a little bit of a recharge. But yeah. I reckon the second Magic Ground idea... If you gave them that, get in the tourism dollars, put on some really big stages, kind of like they did for this Magic Round with the Storm versus the Panthers and yep. uh, Eels versus uh, Roosters. The Roosters, yeah. Yep. Line up some really juicy matches, have it all down there and uh, and give it a really good shake, right? Yep. I'd be I'd be really excited for that. Like, you know, I'd probably go to that. Yeah. No, it's, it's a nice trip over there. It's what, four hours on the plane. Not too bad. Uh, better than a <laughs> better than a 12 hour drive up to Queensland for Magic Round anyway uh, looking next at the last team 
on the list, the Titans. And look, I have given them a F, unfortunately, for this just so far this season. Uh, because they were playing finals last year. True, they went on a bit of a run, but they played finals. And this year, they're coming last, dead last. So, look, boom. Sorry, Mitch. Bo Fermor. Oh, jeez. So, look, injuries and poor form have given Bo Fermor a chance to start the season. Uh, and he's taken it really with both hands, unfortunately. So, uh, he has played just about every single game I think he had uh, he's played 14 games this year uh, he's averaging 46.8 so far this year and he has scored 655 points which is about 500 more than Eli Katoa unfortunately which I got wrong too so if we knew that he was going to average 46.5 I think everyone would have got on yep agreed yep okay moving on surprise packet Tino so look, last year we thought it might be Tino time. He was an option to buy around sort of 580k, but he just kind of averaged around that stat. So I think it was his first year starting in the NRL, like as a starter. Uh, and he, he played a lot last year. He just looked a little bit undercooked and a little bit like learning a new system. This year he's come out with absolutely something to prove in that team. Uh, he is averaging 51.5. He's got a last three average of 67. Uh, and he's working out his guts in a club which is underperforming. So if, if you own Tino, you're doing very well. 721 points for the season. He's uh, like one of the top six or so fantasy forwards uh, so far this year. And he doesn't, you know, he's made sort of not an overwhelming number of tackles, but he's had one of the highest meters gains that I've seen so 2,149 meters gained so far this season wow yep uh, only downside with Tino he's got 32 tackle breaks 34 missed tackles so he hasn't quite won that one uh, 10 offloads 11 errors so it's, that, it's been that kind of season but he's worked his guts out for what he, where he's got uh, 4 tries as well last one is the bust hate to say it guys Toby Sexton so I know a couple of guys in the chat were giving me a bit of stick on this one. Uh, a couple of hundred percents and uh, a couple of talking about Toby Sexton. Now I, <laughs> now I got this wrong. I thought that he was uh, worse Nathan Cleary. He's not. He's a worse Mitchell Moses. So he's a, he's a bit of a flat track bully. He'll score well in games where they're doing well or the forwards are going over the advantage line. And games where they're not, he just falls out of it. And the score of 12, like that's, as a 80-minute half, scoring 12, it's abysmal. I think that the Titans, I think the Titans coach is still very lucky to be there. I think the main thing that Justin Holbrook has going in his favour is that there are so few options left on the table. Like they're, the Tigers were talking about Anthony Seabold this week. Jeez. Adam Dewey was asking why he wasn't on their radar. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, well, I guess they don't get Cameron Sorrell, though. It's, yeah, and, or Shane Flanagan, then they could be in trouble. Because um, I think that Shane Flanagan's the right guy for the Warriors because he's tough enough to actually tell them how to friggin' pull their heads in and play. He could work minutes. at the Bulldogs. I could certainly work at the Bulldogs because he's probably tough enough to work with Phil Gould but, and not get thrown under the bus as easily. But I reckon he's tough enough to go to the Warriors and teach them how to, like, play fully for the whole game. Uh, really stiffen them up because like 
I know like uh, a couple of the, the trainers at the Sharkies from his era there uh, still around. They are possibly the fittest guys, like trainers, like even though they're, they're not spring chickens, they're absolute, like everyone in the team is fit. Yep. Like they're just, and that was the hallmark of his teams is that they're absolute, like, you know, the skill, yes, they up years and down years, but they were fit as. Uh, so yeah, looking at this, Toby Sexton is, yeah, a worse Mitchell Moses or Luke Brooks. So doesn't know how to close out a game. I'm just glad they're bringing Kieran Foran in next year to show him how to play footy. All right. So look, that's the that's the list of boom, bust, and surprise packet players from all 16 teams. And that took a very long time. So yep. look, we'll run through this one really quickly. We got some end of year keeper lists. So look, I might take us through this uh, through the first and, and we'll just swap it as we go. Yep. So look, we have end of year keeper lists with made up some tiers so for hooker it's pretty obvious here Damien Cook uh, is sort of at uh, top tier uh, which Nick has named God tier Damien Cook uh, guys nearby in order is Reese Robson Harry Grant and Reuben Cotter though obviously Reuben Cotter's had that injury so he probably moves down a bit and just below that Reed Marnie so he's just been a little bit off the pace this year and look, our pick at the moment is, is that, look, Damien Cook seems to have the space. He's The team's going to get better with Latrell Mitchell around. Uh, and they're playing through the middle. The only difference is the origin period and also the Bunnies not being very good this year. But look, Damien Cook and look, Harry Grant, I think, also has that high ceiling, but he seems to be getting 60 minutes. They seem to be doing the right thing by Harry Grant and not wearing him out too early. All right, what's happening with the mids, Mitch? All right, so for the mids, we've got Cam Murray, which is an obvious one up in the God tier. He really is. If you can get him in at the right price, he's a must-have in the 2022 season. Uh, up there, again, uh, I think Isaiah Yo and uh, Payne Haas are both players that if you can get at the right price, you'd probably want to jump on them too. And the same to be said of David Clemmer. He's really turned back the clock with his fantasy year this year on his day. And I reckon he's actually getting closer to up there is Pat Carrigan. I do think he's a post origin option. Probably at this point, I think he'll suffer from a bit of fatigue with the intensity he played origin at, but certainly uh, looks to have locked up some extra minutes up at uh, Red Hill. Yep. And look, I, I know I had him in there. I know Nick, Nick probably pulled him from there. Joey Tarpane, 808 points for the season so far. Uh, he's looked really good, man. He's looked very, very good. And I think he's in Ricky's good books. He is. He's finally getting those big minutes that we've been hoping for for a number of years. It looks like uh, Josh Papali is playing a bit less this season. Yeah, the engine might be starting to wind down on Josh, I think. Yeah, that's it. He's, he looks he's carrying a little bit of weight too, I think, by the look of it, yep. a little bit slower. So look, Joe Tarpane, he's hit that premium forward age as well. Uh and he is the second top scoring mid. So, wow. Uh, like there if, you go. I wouldn't have picked that if you had asked me. No. So 798K, I would actually put him in the up there tiers just below Cam Murray. Yep. Uh, there is a significant, like a fair bit of difference in those points. Uh, but yeah, him there. Uh, in the average, but he's also been very durable. He's played, uh, looking at this, just about every single minute that he could. Now, obviously, we have some guys because there are some DP players in here, right? 
So let's go to the second row forwards. Isaiah Papali, you can put him in the forwards. He's up there in that god tier too with Cam Murray. But he can also play second row, so we've put him up here. Uh, up there, we've also put Angus Crichton, again a DPP, and Ryan Madison, DPP. So they're both playing very well. They're worth having in your team. Like, you would not complain. And Hamali Olukuatu seems to have really hit that next level in his yeah. game. Bit uh, of a down week last week for him. It was, but it's... Um, he didn't do too badly. I think he, he was in the mid-40s, but, you 53. know, based on previous weeks. Oh, did he get up to 53? Okay, well, no, that's still No, he week. had a slow one, and then he pulled it out late. He, he really yep. did. And so, you're right. He, he wasn't looking 1,000%. See, I, didn't say I think against those better defensive uh, teams, he will struggle. Yeah, uh, he will. Though 53 at four points against the Cowboys, where they lost late, he, he did all right. Like, he wasn't the issue why they lost there. No. Um, so, he he's a guy that you wouldn't mind. And on their day, like, guys you still wouldn't mind in your team, Josh Jackson. Uh, Hudson Young has actually come out of the clouds a little bit. As their Raiders have improved, it's their four packs who's doing it, right? Elliot Tarpanay. Yeah. And just recently, it has been Hudson Young, who we kind of call preseason, and it's finally turned it around a little bit. Yeah, he's shown glimmers. I, I'd want two maybe three dates with Hudson Young before I pulled the trigger on him though Look, um, just a little bit inconsistent he's been l- let me just pull up his last couple just while I've, yeah, so I've sort of been you. keeping an eye on it so uh, okay Hudson Young there we go not Jack Whiten Hudson Young so his last three 60 72 79 ooh that is three dates bro so, look, he's uh, expensive now. He's 700K, but he's not incredibly expensive. So, yeah, turned it around. Only one tr- one try in there and one try assist as well. And two of those scores were against the Roosters and the Broncos. So, not exactly, um, you no. know, easy teams. And I know the 79 was against the Knights, but... Uh, they were fighting for that. Remember, they yeah, were down 18... Oh, that, that was quite a try, actually. That was... He won them the game. He did win them the game. I tell you what, if that play doesn't come off, do you think he's in Ricky's doghouse? <laughs> <laughs> Tackle three with, you know, a minute 30 to go, putting a that's, grubber through for yourself. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, little chip. Oh. But look, Kalen hey, Ponga, not in the back line. Anyway. He's looked terrible. We'll talk about that another time. We will. Okay. Uh, so, look, he's there, Hudson Young, and Tohu Harris is on their day as well. I think he will come back to form. I think he will be an up there player. Uh, as as you said, Mitch, and I'm trusting you on this one. Like you know, performance will return. He's not too old. Uh, no, he probably still wishes he was at Melbourne, but he's not too old. Uh, look, halves, Mitch. What's happening with them? Yeah, we've got two obvious ones uh, in God teammate. We've got Nathan Cleary and Nico Hines. Um, they're really fantasy must-haves. You've got to have them on your team. Find a way to get him in there. Up there, look, you could justify both of these guys too. Daily Cherry Evans has been solid as anything, um, um, even on a manly team that struggled from week to week. And Cam Munster, this was one I think either Nick or yourself flagged really early on in the season. He's looked in fantastic physical shape, and it's really been um, reflected during the season. I feel like that white powder incident, um, someone's given him a bit of a slap around, or he's had a good well, he's uh, look been in, in the mirror. It's off the yeah, booze. But wow. it's actually worked. It's worked. He's, he's sort of become the player... Um, we all knew he could be, which has, has been really good to see. Um, and on their day, this year. 
not yet. <laughs> um, and then on their day, we've got, well, I put in Ben Hunt here and Ooh. Dylan Brown. Oh, yeah, um, I, I guess so. I think Ben Hunt on his day, mate, he drinks all the milkshake at St. George. He's had a couple of big scores and um, if they find a way to get it going, he is definitely a worthwhile player having. And at the moment, is probably as low as his value is going to get. I think he's sort of low 600K. Yeah. He's 631K. Yep. And look, fair enough. As far as it goes on this side, I would also, just in the back of my head, obviously Matty Burton is there, but we've got him listed as a centre, guys. So look, we'll, we'll jump to centre because uh, Matty Burton, you can play him at half as well, but why play him at half when you can play, and same with Nico Hines, why play them at half when you could have, you know, Nathan Cleary and another half, you know. Jerry Evans. Yeah, if you can afford it. But, but even like a Dylan Brown, right? And then you have Nico Hines at wing fullback, Matt Burton at centre. Yep. Like, Particularly gosh. when they're, the centre options after that aren't quite as good. That's it. So look, up there, Matt, Matt Burton is the centre of the year at the moment. It's it's not very close at all. Uh, so having a look at the, the points differential here, Matt Burton's on 800. It's 100 points down to Joey Manu. And another 70 points down to Ewan Aitken. So uh, yeah, pretty gross. Uh, up there, Ewan Aitken, which we called early on in the season, along with Matty Burton, and Joey Manu, who's had, he's only had one game at fullback, but he still scored 706 points. Good Lord. So, look, for a guy who's only really played one game there, and he's he's doing very well. Uh, on their day as well, Stephen Crichton has actually been quite a pick this year. Yep. Uh, and- he's kept it up since he lost the kick- the kicking duties as well. Yep. Like and, he hasn't lost any value. And look, Penrith have realised you can play both sides. So yes, they can go left to uh, Targo and May, which is, but they can also go right now to Crichton and Toto. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So you go on both sides and Steve Crichton is getting a lot of tries. He's, he can run for the line as well. And it looks like he, he's a pretty durable fellow. It doesn't get injured. Uh, so, and uh, Campbell Graham has actually had a pretty decent year. He's the fifth scoring uh, centre for the year, 626 points, played 14 games, averaging 44.7. You would not mind him in your side. So if you can't reach for a Joey Manu or Ewan Aitken, if you don't have him, Campbell Graham, especially if he drops a bit of coin, uh, he's got a bit of, he only scored 22 last week, so he will come down in a couple of weeks. Uh, wing fullback, take us home, Mitch. Mate, well, we, we've got Nico Hines in there, but we really just talked about him in the halves. So if you put Nico Hines in the wing of fullback, you'd probably want James Tedesco and Ryan Pappenhaus in there. I mean, any of these three guys on their day could nearly crack 100. So my gosh, you could have 300 points in three players if you manage to have those three on the field. I think they're easily the most explosive players in their positions um, on their respective teams. And they certainly have the biggest upside. If you're looking for something a little bit more consistent on their day, uh, certainly Dylan Edwards and Scott Drinkwater. They're not going to have those high 80, 90, 100-point games, but you're not going to lose your shirt on either of those two players. And as a bit of a smoky option, particularly if the Eagles can get a bit of a run, Ruben Garrick, he's playing fullback, he kicks, he knows how to score a try, and he's currently valued, I think, at nearly 700K. 736. So, yeah, he, he certainly demonstrated that he's a a higher tier fullback. Um, probably my issue with him is now that the price is probably a little bit too expensive um, oh, look, he, to get he's on. He's certainly near his long-term average, uh, but his, his recent run of form, 
I was just having a look here since he's taken a fullback. So he had he had a bit of a price drop during the year. But uh, since he's been at the back, right? 66 versus the Eels. 62 versus the Storm. 70, 62 versus the Storm, by the way. 70 versus the Warriors. 70 versus the Tigers. 58 versus the Cowboys. Not bad. Uh, you could have picked him up for about 440 oh, don't say back that. in the day. God, oh, I know. Geez. 300 grand there. Look, I... Uh, I saw it a couple of weeks in, like uh, after the first game, and I thought, I'll get it. I just never got around to it. It was my big mistake. I I wish I'd gone to Ruben Garrett because he, he's, he's, you can play him as third wing fullback because Paps is great. He's great, but he's not durable. And I think the other thing is in a year where you haven't had um, any real obvious wing of fullback talent, if you had got him at 440k, you'd be, you'd be laughing. <laughs> for sure alright well really quickly because we've kept our listeners here for a long time now uh, which is about up to two hours I'm just going to quickly run through my player of the year in each position right yeah, and we might do it we might do it concurrently let's um, do it mate okay so look for hooker at the moment like uh, player of the year so far at hooker I've got Damien Cook Mitch Mate, I've got Harry Grant. I think he hasn't played the games, but he's looked the business when he has. Oh, I think yeah. he, he's really stood out. So I, I gave Harry Grant the nod, but I have no arguments to Damien Cook uh, just from a durability and games played perspective. Yeah. Oh, look, there, there's definitely... It's it's one of those ones where there's... Um, Damien Cook certainly has had that upside, but you're right. Harry Grant, just... You know he's got that... It's not even potential. He's He's got a lot of really good results this year. If he played a couple more games... Uh, look, I'd probably be with you. Uh, middle, uh, for player for our uh, Midgey Deli M's, I have Isaiah Yo. I have no arguments there, mate. He has been the absolute standout. He could win Deli M at this rate. He could. And look, fantasy-wise, you probably have uh, Cam Murray in there, but or Isaiah Papali, but look, Isaiah Yo, certainly from that gameplay perspective as well. Plus, I cheated. I got Zaya Papali as my second row of the year. Yep, no arguments here on that one. Yeah, because he's been mainly playing in the second row, so I've, I've got him listed there, though he did play 13 last week. Uh, halves. I've actually gone Nico Hines at half this year. Is that from a player or a fantasy perspective, man? Like, like a hybrid one. Like that. We, we mostly talk about fantasy, but we also talk about the games too. So I've yep. kind of talked about that hybrid. He's done well for the team, and he's done well in fantasy. How about yeah, you? Yeah. Mate, I've got Adam Reynolds here, and the main reason I have is he's taken a team from 13th to, to 4th the week before last, but 5th, and they're a totally different unit with him, and I think a player that can add that much of a difference to a team, because remember, Kevy was there last year, a player that can turn a team around that much really demonstrates how much value he is, and you can really make the same argument for Nico Hines, but I think the, the Broncos were in a far worse state for a number of years, and you bring Adam Reynolds up to Red Hill, and they're a totally different unit, so it's a bit of a weird pick but i think he's just been revolutionary for this side and uh i don't want to say he brings some sustained talent and wins to the broncos because as you said i don't want too much of that but it's good to see brisbane on top for a little bit it is i look and certainly for this year i look he's certainly a very good choice there my big struggle has been for him has been um like just that little bit of durability but i reckon he'll bring it home he doesn't get injured long term he just gets these niggles Misses a week here, misses a week there. I look for centre. Look, I had Matt Burton, but I was thinking about he's not really playing centre. 
And so I'm going to change it across. Joey Manu continues yeah. his rage form uh, for me. He, look, he did get palmed off by Siva the other day, but everyone gets palmed off by Siva at some point, right? Yep. Siva <laughs> could play freaking forwards if he wanted to. He could. He has that ability to run, push off. He's he's a great talent. Imagine if him and Semi were still playing for the for the Eels. Oh my gosh! Oh, I love that. I watch it every week. I, I go to Paradise Stadium every week. But look, it was Sivo time there. Um, but look, Joe Manu continues to perform both on the field and in fantasy. He's the best actual centre. Obviously, Matt Burton from fantasy-wise, but he's, he plays in the halves. So, that's the only reason why I haven't picked him. Mitch? Uh, I've got Joe Manu too, mate. For the exact same reasons, I think he's above and beyond the best centre in the game at the moment. Mm. It's not even close. Yeah, he, he could probably walk in the fullback. At mo- I think we said this before to each other. Any other club other than maybe Melbourne? Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other better fullbacks out there like that would take it from him. Yeah, that's it. And the only reason that other team's why you win is because he can play centre. Or 5-8th. Yep. But you'd play him at fullback. It's uh, He must really love playing for Robbo. He must. And I guess really winning, right? So, anyway. But look, Joey Marnie. Smart player. Yep. And I think he I think he did pick up a bit of that Latrell money when <laughs> Latrell left. Yep. Uh, all right. Wing fullback uh, this year, James Tedesco. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that one, mate. I think uh was a bit concerned about his knee and continue to be, particularly with the workload he's picking up. But the last you know month or two, he's really dragged the Roosters along, hasn't he? I, I felt like it's been his runs up the middle that's turned the team around. I know they've had a couple of losses, but any bright spot, spots they've had have been as a result of James Tedesco. Would you agree with that? For sure. And he's... Uh, look, he, he's impressed even in sides that were getting beaten. Like when they got towed up by the Panthers, he got a 56 with a try and a try save. Like he's he got an 81 versus the Sharks. Yes, he's had a couple of like lesser games in the last couple of weeks, but they've lost because uh, they've lost a few now. But he's, he's really tried hard. And he seems to have just really re-hit that, um, that run of form. It looks like the Dragons playing yeah. back in in round seven. I'm worried if he might redline because of that, um, certainly with that origin period. So I won't be touching him until after origin just because particularly watching that origin game and the intensity he played, I do worry if he's if he's going to become busted or, or um, sort of limp Fatigue. into the back end of the season. Yeah, it's one to just keep a bit of an eye on, mate. Fair enough. Okay, well, look, let's let's keep an eye out for James Disco. Look, I already own him, so I'm just going to have to wear it. Oh, <laughs> uh, look. My mistake every year, I get high on a couple of Roosters players and they start the year poorly. So next year, I'm, I'm promising myself that I'll start without James Sesco and then I'll freaking start with him again. Now look, Rookie of the Year, there's a few to choose from here. So like out of the contenders, there's I'm picking the guys who played like four or less games last year. So there is... Uh, Suwali? Yep, this Suwali is there. I'm pretty sure he's eligible. There is um, Nanai. Uh, Targo Kula Kula oh, Kula uh, is actually a very good pick actually The Savage Count yeah I think he does I, I think we'll he, say he does because uh, uh, I think he accidentally played a few minutes of one of those games as 18th man when he wasn't allowed to 
uh, Karaz and Taylor May. Yeah. They're probably top six, top seven. That's it. And look, for me, and uh, for me, uh, Taylor May got the nod just due to the way that he's rolled into that Panther side. Yep. He's played so well on that left edge next to his partner in crime, uh, Isaac Targo, that he made Brian Toto change wings when he came back because they didn't want to mess with that. That's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big deal. There's not many players that you could say stuff up the left-hand wing of the Panthers. It's like, no, no, they didn't miss a beat. No, they, they in some ways look better. Mm. And they look better weighted. Now they've got Brian Toto and Steve Crichton on the right. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> it is. So, oh, man. I, I'm seriously impressed by the way that he plays, the way that he is calm if the play isn't on like to stay in field or to duck under the tackles yep he's he certainly isn't a victim of getting dragged out for hanging to the edge of the line he, he definitely knows how to come in field or or not not yeah. get pushed out and it, it's a valuable skill yeah and i think these two from what i was reading they like he and targo they actually spent all of lockdown with the main team they're one of the few guys who didn't play because there was no real injuries in that team or rather everyone was injured but they were still able to play but the they spent the entire lockdown hanging out with each other and doing yep. all the reps and everything else, and it shows. So no, anyway. they look really good. Uh, look, Taylor May for me. Uh, how about you, Mitch? Mate, the reason I didn't pick Taylor May is because he is on the Panthers, and I feel like he gets a bit of an advantage playing <laughs> he does. Uh, with Cleary and with some of those players. Like all you have to do is sometimes catch the ball and uh, run over the line, get, and get, get you get a meet ball from the way or kick out. That's exactly right. So life is pretty easy at the Panthers. So I'm picking someone who, a bit like I did with Adam Reynolds, where life wasn't too easy, and that's Jacob Carraz. I know he's only played a handful of games, but for a young guy on the wing Mm -hmm. to change the entire um, mentality of a team, I think it's a really big deal. And I'm probably calling this one a little early. I'd probably like a couple more weeks of this. But I really think Jacob Carraz um, looks the business and has the potential to be Rookie of the Year. uh, honorable mention probably to Jeremiah Nanai. Um, he made Origin. Really, he made Origin. So it's a bit hard not to pick him. I probably should have picked Nanai, but I'm very, very high on Kras. And I think by the end of the year, if the Bulldogs manage to even win half of their games, he'll be a big feature in that. Yep. No, for sure. So look, I, I don't mind Jake Kras, and I wouldn't have minded Nanai either. All right. Well, look, thank you to listeners to making it this far through it. We've only got one more section and I'm glad that we didn't put in the other segments this week. So we'll just, we'll crack on with those next week. Uh, but look, we do always have our questions from the people. So guys, thank you for sending in your questions. Uh, thank you. Like I've answered so, like a fair few people directly as has Nick uh, during the week, especially you've got specific questions or trade questions, but these were the ones that we thought were worth holding up for the pod. So sorry that you've had to, I've left you on read <laughs> or you've left the comment in the section. So Campbell Guthrie asks, is Cotter a sell? Mitch, this one is for you. Grade three hammy. Yep. If it's grade three, yes, that's it. Yes. Okay, cool. So Must you- sell. If it's a three, it's he's gone. Yeet him. Okay, fair enough. And is that just because it's... I'm out. What, why is that? Uh, the main reason, mate, is, is timeout. He's looking at eight weeks plus. Uh, and then, you know, you, while it doesn't require surgery, you're looking at an injury risk the size of Latrell Mitchell. So I would want him to now have an off-season, recover, be able to build up. 
Otherwise, we'll see similar things to Tommy Turbo. So if it is in fact a grade three, you can't hold him for the rest of the season, even if you have 10 trades left. It's too much cash to be sitting on the bench. Yep. Okay, fair enough. So, and yeah, even with the extra week, it's it's not great news. So well, Seven weeks, eight weeks, doesn't really matter. It could be longer. Yeah. I... Yeah, and it, so even if you're really close on trade. So, look, there's a few good targets still out there. Uh, because he didn't play, he didn't lose you any money, guys. So You still get those four bonus trades too. We do. So so you really have 14 trades, mate. Oh, wait, you, no. You're... Hold on. Grade two. Three to five. Grade two. So it was uh, initially and... grade three. I've just, I've just okay. seen it only just now. Grade two. It's It wouldn't be three to five. It's probably going to be more like um, four to six, maybe longer. Uh it's a long time for one player to be out and I can't guarantee that he's going to be the same dude. I would sell him because moving into that back end of the season, we're looking to really peak, particularly if you're a head-to-head player for finals. Um, and I can't promise you he'll be the same dude. He's a really high workload sort of player. When he comes back over to those four to six weeks, he won't explode into that team. It'll take two or three weeks to get back up to full speed. So it's still a sell. Fair enough. And look, guys, there's a few good targets out there at the moment around that price point. Uh, a couple of good hookers you can still get uh, on Robson, uh, who is looking the goods. Uh, Harry Grant is coming down. You could even hold until the beginning of next round or, or like soon. Harry, especially head-to-head, Harry Grant is definitely looking the business. You could also uh, get on Marnie if you're a believer. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of mids. We just talked about our tier list for mids. There's a whole bunch of guys. So you could even hold him for just a round or two. Wait for these guys to back up post-Origin. Make sure they're okay. Uh, all right, next question is, Brenton Vickery, will Dewey be a buy in round 17 if he starts? I'm guessing the question is if he starts at, f- what, a 5-8? Yeah, again, uh, probably a bit of a question of durability. I haven't been particularly encouraged by what I've seen by Dewey's prolonged return prolonged uh, return from injury, Stu. How have you felt about that? Oh, look, the fact that he was supposed to come back sort of round 10, he holds out till, what, this week? 15. Round 15, 15. he didn't even play play properly. Uh, And look, Madge would have tried to bring him back if he was fit. He was sure. He would have done everything he could because he was well aware his career was on the line. So it makes you think it's been a bit of a tricky rehab. Um, I from memory you think there was some cartilage issues with his knee I uh, know that uh, Brian Sini did a podcast uh, on the Magic Sponge with um, Dewey and I haven't yet listened to it but that might actually be worth having a bit of a listen to to see what Dewey said but reading um, the tea leaves I don't think he's a buy I'd want two or three dates of good form before yeah. I before I bring him in and, I think there's a lot of risk attached he's got an extra week this week he only played 19 minutes versus the Bulldogs and they were it's not tough. a question of time now it's a question of conditioning in the game yeah. that's the problem well that's what I mean like uh, we talked previously about these guys getting back in sort of 20 minutes 40 minutes 60 minutes 80 minutes which is the typical profile yep so round 17 so look if round 16 and his break even will be enormous his break even is currently enormous it's so, probably if if you're going to bring him in, it's probably closer to the, like round twenty. Yeah, and only if he's ab like, and only if he's turned it around. And you remember, you're buying him on a Tigers team that is really struggling and has a lot of instability. Yep, Kamali's probably like hoping that he doesn't get kicked by the end of the oh, year. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh mate. Uh, 
Yeah, they're, they're probably racing Titans for the spoon at this point. Uh, which after that terrible game those two played, they deserve it. Uh, they made me watch it. Okay, next one. Uh, Eparima Terori. Thoughts on Hughes? So basically, he had one of his good games last week. Couple of tries, try assist, but only 64 points. Is that his ceiling? And really, the question is, he wants a decent half for round 17. Mm. What do you think, Stu? You oh. you tend to be better with these ones. Look, uh, Hughes is certainly looking like a reasonable quality option, but you're right. He has been down a bit on his base stats this year. Uh, he's been missing Paps. He's, he's, uh, plus, his half partner's been performing more, like seeking more of the ball. Hughes used to have to do a lot of the work, whereas Munster sort of got in, fell in and out of the game a little bit. Uh, Munster's not falling out of the game, which means he's getting At more all. ball. So uh, Hughes certainly has a definite ceiling there, but he's, he's a safe place to park as your second or third half. The other option is Moses or Brown. It's really pick a coin who's going to score more out of those two. They're both almost scored exactly the same amount of points this year. Uh, Moses has been a bit more variable on occasion, but they pretty much scored the same points. So if, okay, let me ask you a question, Mitch. They're, they're the only three worth owning, right? Out of all the teams playing round 17, uh, I'm assuming you already own Nico Hines. Uh, you don't want to own Cody Walker or Ilias. You don't want to own Dewey or Hastings. You don't want to own Adam Reynolds because he's very expensive and he gets injured. I guess Adam and uh, Ben Hunt won't be playing. So, yeah, there's no one else. Uh, so do you want, So my question for you, Mitch, after that very long-winded one is, would you rather own Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses, or Jerome Hughes for the rest of the year? Jerome Hughes. Okay. There we go. Uh, any, like... any particular Did reason? You... Yeah, because I don't like... Uh, I think Dylan Brown's a little bit overpriced and up and down. Mitchell Moses is poop. And that just really leaves Jerome Hughes. That's it. It's like by order of deduction, I have to take Jerome Hughes because he's on the best team uh, and they're getting healthy again. So I'm always going to roll with a better team in an attacking position. That, that's my logic. If I'm looking at a, at a position that typically benefits off big attacking stats, particularly when the minutes are split um, and, you know, you look at Mitchell Moses, he, he doesn't seem to consistently score big, even though he's take, drinking all the milkshake. You have to roll with the better team, and the Storm are a much, much better team, even yeah. though they dropped one to the Eels. And look, they've got a pretty soft run over the next little while. Seagulls, Sharks, Raiders, Rabbitohs, they're sort of mid, mid of the table ones. Yep. Then they've got Warriors, Titans. The only issues, round 22, like head to head time Panthers, Broncos, Roosters, Eels. The Storm won't be out of those games, no. though. He might not, he might not ch- chunk out big scores, but he won't embarrass himself. No, that's true. He's got pretty good averages against them all. Yep. Okay, Hughes uh, is Mitch's call. I'm saying, look, those three would be the three. Pick whichever one you feel the best about. Yep. Uh, yep. I uh, don't feel good about Mitchell Moses. I really think it's Brown or Hughes, but that's just me. I think Moses, with a bit of goal kicking, might be able to heal it up a little bit. I think they might have learned the lesson where they faded out against the Bulldogs. But then again, I, I also thought that about Toby Sexton. So I'm just asking for pain. Last question. Uh, was do I hold Arrow or is he out of 17? Well, look, I think he's out, isn't he? 
uh, if he's playing Origin, obviously he won't play. Uh, I think it depends on whether they win. If Queensland lose, he might be out again. Yep. So watch Origin this weekend. Find out. Uh, Rich Martin, if you had to cash out one, who would it be? Savage, Cooler, or Karaz? Positional cover, not an issue. Oh, that's a good question. I have all three of them. Savage for me because he's yep. the one with the least job security. Yep. Nailed it. I think Karaz's ceiling is ridiculous. I think Cooler is super solid and is a great winger fullback. Uh, center coverage. Uh, Savage, as soon as you get to the price you're happy with, uh, upgrade. Probably yep. to Pappenhausen. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. it's a, Or use him as the other part of a two trade to yeah, him exactly down to right. someone and someone else up. Uh, what to do with Tahu? Hold. I think so. Yeah. Like, this, like even the, in teams getting pumped, he's still getting 40s. Yes, it's not 60 like you want, but it's still 40. I wonder if they'll turn it around playing back at, in New Zealand as well. I think that'll help. Yeah, that's it. They'll have customs hold hold everyone else up. You know, put them on the late flights. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Come for the bat there. Uh, all right. Do we sell Aitken if he goes back to centre? Yes, I will be. Yeah, and look, I will be too, but I, I don't think they'll do it. Look, they're, they're playing for next year. As soon as you saw them bring on Volkman, right, you realise that they're playing for next year, but they're trying to bring up these younger fellas around a team that needs to play which means is that, look, they've got Rocco Berry, they've got Villami Valia, they've got these type of guys here, even Cozy, even though he's a shocker. He's been playing well in um, in the lower grades. Yep. So you wouldn't mess with these guys, right? Like take them off and play Aitken, whereas you play them at second row because you got to see out the season. And who else are you going to put in there? Uh, Jack Murchie? Uh, no, none of them are appealing, are they? No, and look, yes, you can play Tohu on one edge and Karen at the other and Jazz at 13, but then you're short a prop again. So, no. Uh, last one, Tui uh, Lueki. Targo, trade or hold? And he says here, if I sell, he can move Cooler up, but he's got no center cover. Oh. I tab the cover. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, me too. It's like, uh, I, I, I hate the thing. Yeah, I think I said it a few weeks ago. Targo, unless you have someone much better, Targo's going to spit out points. Yeah, he's the fourth highest scoring centre this year. Yep. And, like... The, unless you can find a way to get Burton. Yeah, because Manu's fully priced. Yeah, Burton's probably not all that far behind, but his ceiling is ridiculous. So, mm. I feel like anyone is sideways except possibly Manu or Lomax, but Lomax carries a lot of risk playing on the Dragons. So you've got Targo playing on the best team in the NRL, unless you have a really good viable option in Burton because you don't have him. Um, or as you said, Stu, possibly Manu, who I think maybe even a little bit overpriced oh, after that overpriced. after that uh, game at fullback. Um, yeah, I, do, I think he's right. It is a sideways move. Yeah, it's definitely And sideways. I don't like the lack of centre coverage. I think that's could be a mistake. Yeah, Tony, you're gonna hear the phrase, "Oh, uh, late out due to COVID, right?" Or hamstring during training. Like Ruben Cotter owners feel that right now, right during the warm up. Anything can happen to these guys, right? And they will be out, and you will be scrambling for trades, or he'll already be locked, and you're done. 
So, uh, yeah, coverage is still key for this season. So don't trade. Hey, always. Mm. All right. Look, Mitch, it's been a long one. It has. It's also been a decent one. Yep. So thanks. Life for. Awesome. Uh, so look, you know, two hours, 18 minutes. We'll call it time here. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah. Thanks for taking some time out of fixing uh, the broken people of the St. George area. My pleasure, mate. Excellent. And uh, look, chief shout out to our sponsor, me. Uh, well done uh, for another week of, well, sponsoring. <laughs> and, uh, hopefully, hopefully Martin Lord and Co can get on. We, we need another. We wouldn't mind a few sponsors getting on board. I've been crying out for a few. So hopefully, hopefully we can get some inquiries. That's it, exactly right. And uh, if not, hopefully at least you can net, let uh, Nick go so that he can join us next week. Next week. Anyway, thank exactly you. right. Anyway, thank you, Mitch. Thank you, everyone Pleasure, at home for listening. Hopefully got some stuff out of this for both the reviews but also uh, the team lists. I'll make sure I get these up as promos as well so that you can reference them. And thank you for all your questions as always and for listening. Uh, this is Boomer Boss Podcast Week 25 signing out.